What is up, everyone? Welcome to the coolest movie talk podcast on the planet. We are bringing the old crew back to smash this review and recap. If you guys can remember who usually comes on this podcast, starting with JC. Yo. Yo. <laughs> what is up? Not much. Just still processing uh, last night's uh, viewing of the Batman and uh yeah we're glad to be back together and uh you know having nate here as well it's like that the uh three musketeers have reunited the og (laughs) (laughs) so jc's very fresh out of the screening whereas like myself and nate and also our other friend jim um who's yet to join the podcast uh we all watched it on opening night wednesday so that's about five days ago i suppose um yeah, so we're, we've had a little bit of time to think about it. Um, so bringing in Nate back to the clan, all the way from Hot's Point. <laughs> What's the up, suburb over. Oh, many things are up. I'm, um, I'm very, very amped to talk about this film with you two lovely gents. Oh. And um, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm just ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. You're ready to rock and <laughs> roll. so man. ready. Yeah. <laughs> Man, man. So I've actually seen it twice. Okay. So um, both of you guys are just once. I know Jason's only once. Mm-hmm. And Nate, you haven't actually gone and seen it again, right? Not yet. No. I was very tempted to come and join you guys uh, yesterday. But mm. I was very tired at the end of my work week. So. <laughs> I, think we, I think we need to do better at like trying to organize the three of us. going to. I, I don't know if it's about doing better or whatever, but... It seems like it's always on JC because he's got the most like <laughs> hardcore schedule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, you're not say, the first person what? to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think when one of us is a night owl, one of us is very much mornings, and then River, uh, the man, the man in the middle, he he can just do whatever he wants whenever he wants. Cause yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Goosey. I guess films are for night times, right? So films mm-hmm. are for night time, and night time is pretty much when you're always occupied aren't you jc most of the time but it depends on like you know part of it part of it is when the movies are playing their time slots you know i think there was something playing and they didn't have a time slot that i there was sorry i was looking for a nighttime slot like late but it didn't have anything after nine so i think what did we watch at nine was it scream did we actually watch you guys we watched that late didn't you did we it was like i can't remember we watched scream at like nine something and I had to rush from work to get there. I mean, I made it, but it's, you know, as long as the <laughs> cinema is playing something that late, then I can make it. Um, yeah. But I can't remember when we watched uh, Scream. I'm, I, I always think that we always go to like the 7 p.m. screenings. But, yeah. I, I think I tried to make it for the Friday, but I accidentally booked it for a Thursday. <laughs> I was like, hey, River, we're going to go today. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Because yeah, yeah, you yeah, messaged yeah. me and, and you was like, oh, man, I messed up. <laughs> um, I booked it for a different day. And I was like, oh, that was the day that you said you couldn't go. <laughs> I know I had to rush from work just to make it in time and I think we had like 10 minutes spare so you know it's possible if there's like a 9 nine thirty slot uh it's possible but it's got a rush so but you know I for this movie it's too late <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah for this movie three hour film watching it at 9 p.m would be a bit of a slog I think yeah I mean, as long as you don't have to wake up early, which I don't in most cases it's fine yeah anyway yeah I digress. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you haven't already picked up we are reviewing the latest batman movie called the batman oh, yeah mm, 
we've made it to this point and you know I, i think even for you guys especially for me i get a lot of people asking me is this the best batman movie is this better than the dark knight oh and i think i just mentioned to nate just before that look the dark knight is a very hard movie to beat and um i think it's a little unrealistic for anybody to try and beat that film <laughs> that's that's in my humble opinion uh but um rather than rather than me or any of us talking about what is a better film it's better that we just analyze mm. this movie mm. you know we go through mm. we we pick out the points that we like pick mm. out the points that we didn't like and hear each other's thoughts because we might be swayed um to an opposing opinion or whatever it might be mm. okay so um welcome everybody to the legit cool podcast where we review recap and analyze film and we are doing the batman which is directed by matt reeves um are you guys familiar with matt reeves stuff i think i mentioned i uh, i think i f- i was meant to look up his stuff and i totally forgot to do that but no so river in life you didn't do your please. podcast homework god ah, no i think i had to sleep <laughs> <laughs> um I, I feel like i i did i did and then i forgot what he does <laughs> okay okay so he's very famous for his last few films which were the uh sequel and the third installment to the H trilogy that's right okay. so <laughs> the first one was directed by a guy called Rupert uh I actually can't remember his last name <laughs> um oh Rupert Wyatt I think is his name and then the last two were picked up by Matt Reeves mm-hmm. and to me I'm pretty sure I said this to to you guys I think the H trilogy is one of the best trilogies ever made um really really awesome work and i always wondered who this guy was matt reeves and i looked up his work and i was like wow this guy's this guy's a bit of a beast and then when warner brothers or whoever or whatever important figure in warner brothers decided to make the announcement that matt reeves is gonna do the batman i was intrigued mm. i was excited and intrigued and i wasn't fearful of it i was like man this guy is a talented director and he needs to do more movies I wasn't expecting him to do the Batman to be his next movie, but I'm like, yeah, I'm on board. Matt Reeves, let's go, let's go. He's a great storyteller, at least from the Apes movies. I think he's a great storyteller. He's a great visionary director. Um, he tends to get the right crew on board, cinematographers, uh, music composers, writers, editors. Um, yeah, so I was pretty excited to see Matt Reeves and what he does with this. And um and he writes all of his films as far as I'm concerned. Um he definitely wrote this movie with a guy called Peter Craig who's famous for Hunger Games. So if you're a big Hunger Games fan then uh um there's a little bit of a credit to him. <laughs> um the cinematographer for this so this is a little bit different for Matt Reeves. Um he got a guy called Greg Fraser who Ooh. I am going to say is the best working cinematographer today. You can take that to the market. Oof. Okay. <laughs> Yeah man this guy is a beast he's from Victoria he's from Melbourne so he's a fellow hey. Australian mm. yeah um rock and roll and... which is neither of you two but you know let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wait you're not Aussie oh wait you are Aussie I'm Aussie well I always think you're that you're Aussie? like JC? originally Kiwi or something <laughs> Canadian right JC's no, Canadian No 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 JC's Canadian yeah, right? yeah 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 okay cool I was I was like oh man <laughs> Yeah, what good cinematographers come from Canada? No one. No. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> well, I was like when you said DOPs and like one of the best working, I was like I, I don't think I could name five DOPs. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um I do know Greg Fraser, so, you know, that that's yeah. that's, that's, that's DOPs putting themselves out there. 
Dude, yeah, this this guy Greg Fraser. I first saw him. Uh, sorry, the first movie that I seen that he shot was uh, Rogue One, and mm. I looked him up because Rogue One is an absolutely beautiful looking movie, and to me, it's the most beautifully shot Star Wars property. Um, amazing work. So I had to look this guy up. You know, every mm. time somebody's really good at something, you want to look them up, see what other work they've done. Mm. Then I found out this guy's uh, Aussie dude from Melbourne. And then um, the latest project that he came off of after doing, oh, sorry, before getting into the Batman is Dune, which mm. uh, we all seen as well. Dune. Um, a very. <laughs> Dune. <laughs> Man, what a film. Dune. A very beautiful movie. Um, and uh, but not my favorite movie, but it's a very beautiful movie, uh, and so I was excited to see what Greg Fraser does in this movie. So he's the DOP with this. Um, this is the tenth Batman live action film. Um, the other Batman films, you know, starting all the way back to 1966, we have Batman. Mm. The movie. It's actually called Batman the Movie, mm. which is pretty funny. <laughs> so that's the Adam West. Adam West. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that film is like three hours long or something, or like four hours. It's something ridiculous. Super long. We should so, do a um, review of that one day. Set the precedence oh. for all these set other the movies. Yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah. Uh, then followed by the 1989 Tim Burton uh, iteration. Uh, called Batman, so no the, uh, just called Batman. And then he followed that up with the 1992 Batman Returns sequel. Uh, and then it was picked up by a filmmaker called Joel Schumacher <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with Batman Joel. Forever in 1995 mm-hmm. and Batman and Robin in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on those? Yeah, nah, let's move on. Mm, nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, there's, uh, like, there's many thoughts. Good thoughts and... Mm. Good thoughts. Wow, I well, do not yeah, want like, to say the things, good thoughts. These are the films that like we grew up with, right? Like these. Yeah, are, but I hated them at the time, man. Yeah, but but like think of them, and they were the things we thought of going into Batman mm. Begins, for instance, right? Like these mm. were our culturals, and like and particularly for myself, like my um, mentality. And oh no no my, my yeah my my thoughts on many characters particularly superhero characters are initially started through film in the same way that like you know for anything that like captures the mind in like the larger populace like Lord of the Rings for instance mm. those things that then spur us to read the books or read the comics mm. and then become deep fans like that's usually the way I work I watch the thing I kind True. of like it and then I go back and look at everything else that came before um, and I was yeah man like. Even Batman Forever, like it just there's there's stuff there that you're like, whoa. <laughs> mm. But I also think you're just a very kind person. I'm very kind too. <laughs> very I'm kind. Not very. <laughs> you're very kind it's hard person, for me to be I'm... critical without giving ten compliments. So. <laughs> yeah, um, I completely shred and shit on those movies. I hate them. <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. Sorry. Let's go on. let's go on um so after batman and robin 997 we have batman begins which was picked up by the great christopher nolan 2005 followed by the dark knight that came out in 2008 and then the dark knight rises in 2012 and then batman versus superman dawn of justice 2016 directed by Zack snyder (laughs) and now we have the batman 2022 directed 
by Matt Reeves. With a budget of $185 million to $200 million, that's such a weird thing because they don't have a definitive budget, I guess, because <laughs> there was a lot of like uh, filming complications. Remember, they started the filming one month in and then they had to stop because yeah. of the pandemic. Yeah. So I guess this mm, is why there was an adjustment. Yeah, people got COVID. Um, I think there was an adjustment in their budget, so 185 to 200 million. Um, mm. As of today's recording, which is the 7th of March, the Batman grossed 128.5 million in the United States and Canada, so that's the domestic gross. Um, and worldwide, it is 248.5 mm. million. Mm. Does this seem a little shocking to you guys? Do you think it should be more? Uh, mm. It's only, what, that's not, only been out a few days, right? So it's not. Well, it's been out for almost a week now. I mean, did, it's coming into. Did a it go to almost. HBO Max? They Was don't it also have an part HBO, of the HBO no. Max. I no, they, they weren't connected to the the deal. I don't. Th- oh, I'm actually not sure. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure about that. That's because it's question. still Warner Brothers, right? Yeah. It's still Warner Brothers, and they still might be coming off the tapered end of pandemic. You know, put to streaming services type thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were question. included in it. That's um, so. I wasn't as surprised about it because of that, but. There's also okay. something of like maybe maybe it is a thing when you it's not it's not known as tenth time the charm you know for for mm. film so right. I do wonder right. if there's been less of a show up like people showing up for 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 this film. Um, yeah, I, I mean yeah. I'm a little bit surprised that it's only made two hundred forty eight. Uh, 0.5 million because especially for an opening weekend it should be killing it it should have mm. like just the opening weekend itself it should have done like 250 but mm. Mm, it's pretty I, surprising i don't think uh too many f- people are fans of it i think that there's uh i think when we saw our initial rating let's say from ign like give me it like a certain rating on my ten. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we are going there then. Um, I, I, I checked Metacritic after we got home last night, and I was actually surprised to see how much the rating had dropped um, on average. Mm. So it's mm. not fan. It's not being liked by everyone. Mm. Weird. So I, I'm, I, I, I'm not. There's surprised. a few reasons, I reckon. Yeah, I think there's yeah, a few but, reasons. I'm not. I'm not yeah. really too surprised by mm. that. Um, but. Also, as of today, the Rotten Tomatoes score for the critics is 85%, while the audience score is 90%. So really close. You know, there is there's correlation. There is consistency. um, And it's it's been less than a week. So we'll be interested to see how the the ratings and the reviews start coming in um, over the next, say, three weeks or so. Mm. Mm. Um, So the Batman itself, the the story, um, who, who actually wants to take a stab at what the story is? As in, go for it. As in, what? As in, <laughs> what is the story? What, what is happens? the Batman about? What happens? JC, go for it. I'll uh, correct you if you're. Am, am I? Am I giving away stuff here at this point? Are we going to spoil territory? No, no, no. Just, 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 just to... say like, what is this movie about? Like, like, give, give, give like a one-liner or something or one-liner. a two-liner. What is this movie about? Like, what is it summed up to be? <sighs> Man, that's hard. Okay, uh, I would put it as. I don't want to give away definitive points in the movie, but um, <laughs> early early day Bruce Wayne uh, exploring his role as Batman. That's all I'll say. Okay, yeah. okay, that's that's good. Okay, yeah. Let, let me let me read you the synopsis from uh, <laughs> uh, from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Batman ventures into Gotham City's underworld when a realist or when a sadistic killer leaves behind a trail of cryptic clues. 
as the evidence begins to lead closer to home and the scale of the perpetrator's plans become clear, he must forge new relationships, unmask the culprit, and bring justice to the abuse of power and corruption that has long plagued the metropolis. Mm. That's actually a very good summary. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't a one-liner, um, though. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I had to take a breath there. Um, yeah, so the Batman stars Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright, Colin Farrell, Ooh. Paul Dano, John Turturro, Andy Serkis, Peter Sarsgaard, and guess who? The unseen face, Barry Keegan. <laughs> He's credited as the unseen Arkham prisoner. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know why they try and hide that, like because it's just it's not even that big of a secret to be honest. But <laughs> mm. um, if you're going to put Par- Barry Keegan in the cast list, and especially in the credit role, um, he gets like a main credit. Um, it's like, why don't you just say who he is? Well, <laughs> I think Reeves said that it's not actually him yet, so it's pre. No, 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 it's him. I just, I just watched the interview. Oh, oh no, but like pre, yeah, pre Joker, as in, yeah, like, yeah like maybe not yeah. wanting to use the name. Well, um, <laughs> I, I watched the whole interview, and it's um, he does like a whole kind of drop <laughs> on, yeah. on who who the Joker is, and and. Uh, where in the point of the, of the Joker's life uh, he as, is, as yeah. he is with this uh, current timeline of Batman being uh, year two. Mm. So why don't I just get your first impressions, boys? You know how it is. Mm. Get your first impressions, uh, keep it nice and tight, and then we'll get into mm. the recap. We'll start with Nathan. You. you yeah, I loved it. I was just uh, I was just there for it. And I think right off the off the bat, the cinematography and the audios, like just this sense of immersion into the one character we haven't mentioned yet, which is Gotham, mm. is just unreal. Um, and I think nailing Gotham in a way in which we haven't seen in in, in um, any of the live action adaptations yet. Um, I love just how much this movie pushed back into the comics, into a certain like very classic. Um, early days Batman comics, and then also pushed into Batman the Animated Series. Uh, mm. And they're just two strong places to build your story from. So I love Pat Pattinson's portrayal of Batman. I think his portrayal of Bruce Wayne was like, ah! but like also that worked for me a lot, that this wasn't a movie with Bruce Wayne in it, in my mind. Mm. <laughs> like, all of this movie was Batman. But I um, also just, I just thought there's just this interweaving of story that showed Batman as detective. It showed Batman and Gordon's relationship so fundamentally, like, this is how we, this is how we operate. This is how this Batman operates. This is how this Batman is perceived. Mm. And, um yeah, it just it was just incredible. I think one of my favorite things that the movie kept doing was the slow motion, or not even slow motion, the slow walk. The Batman slow walk mm. with the with the footsteps. That I love that. Every time there was that slow walk. Oh, yeah, perfect. It was just this this energy of fear, of vengeance that was Batman coming to to bring about justice. So it's yeah. almost like a like a, what's his name um, Maximus, uh, Maximus Russell Crowe's in, in yeah yeah, yeah in the gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Like Very and similar. that 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 kind of energy of um, 
being the smartest guy in the room, but also the strongest guy, but also there's a person who, and, and this is like a lot of the Batman world is like someone operating at a different level to everyone else. Yeah, and there's a few characters that operate at a different level to everyone else, but just the way that um, Batman operates in this film, I love it. So yeah, it's yeah, that's it's, me. It's cause he's got, it. it's cause he's got money. That's why. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Privilege. Casey, dark, and I like that. Um, I think River and I were speaking yesterday how there wasn't (laughs) a lot of wasn't a lot of Alfred in the movie, but what I did like is that they explored the relationship between Batman and Commissioner Gordon which I found to be really interesting because you only really had that in the live action Gotham. And just to add on to what Nate said, um, I know that in Gotham, the TV series, they wanted to utilize New York because they said that Gotham can only be really done in a place like New York. And from the movie is that I, I didn't confirm, but was it shot in New York? Cause it was made to look like New York. When no, had, it wasn't. No, it was shot in um, uh, Chicago, Detroit and London. Okay. Hmm. But you see all the references to the somewhat big city Times Square looking Gotham City Hall. Yeah. You have all those kind of things. It kind of feels like New York, but it's Oh, like, you mean like the Times Square type yeah, stuff? That you see? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of things that kind of remind you of New York to, to make you feel like, hey, New York is like Gotham. And uh, I think they did that well. Um, yeah, I, I felt like there was a lot of like the movie Seven, like vibes like that with the whole psychological horror thriller um but yeah i won't say too much but uh yeah nice and nice and dark which is a, a different take uh not so i think it was a good balance of action and horror and uh having someone like the riddler uh as the antagonist was a good choice because i think we've not and i'm not saying let uh sorry the joker cannot be done again but it's just always we always jump to the joker as the prime antagonist for batman but in the rogues gallery there's so many more that we can play with I will say this, um, someone that would have worked well as an antagonist in this uh, in this setting would have been Victor Zaz. So, Victor Zaz? Victor Zaz. So, For all the non-nerdy people, who is that? Uh, so he is <laughs> Me. A, <he's, laughs> so Victor Zaz is like, uh, he's like a kind of criminally insane person who goes around, uh, he's kind of like a serial killer, right? And what he does is... Um, he, he he kills him and then he, he marks his uh, tally on his face. So he's just full of scars. And uh, I think he's, his character was explored in Gotham a bit. And uh, he was played by, uh, what's his name? He's this really creepy looking guy. But uh, of course, that's all, all makeup. Uh, I'm trying to think of what his name is. Oh, uh, you're talking about the Gotham series, right? Yeah, Anthony uh, Carrigan. But I mean, even in, even in the comics and the games, like he's... Uh, He's a knife-wielding serial killer, so mm. um, he, he likes to pose his victims in certain positions and he'll mark himself with a knife just to, to count up his tally. So something yeah. like that, as dark as that, could have worked here, but I think what the, the direction that they took the Riddler as opposed to Jim Carrey's iteration um, <laughs> or like the, an, uh, the animated series or the animated movies, I think was a, a good choice. It was very mm. um, freakish in a way because you don't know what uh, was capable for this Riddler. Whereas, you know, kind of always thought, okay, really always wants to be superior to Batman and make him feel stupid. 
So, or the police stupid. So this is more of a, a step up for me, which I thought was well done. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What about you, River? Uh, yeah, I loved it. Love this movie. Um, is it a perfect movie? No. Uh, that sounds like a very definitive no, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, definitely not a perfect film, but I, I love it. I, I enjoyed a lot of what Matt Reeves wanted the audience to experience, and it's fresh. It's a very, very fresh mm-hmm. Batman, and mm-hmm. it's always kind of hard, you know, when you're coming up against 12 predecessors, you know. Um, it's always going to be difficult to try and give you give the audiences and potentially new audiences that have never really gotten into the Batman films. It's always going to be a hard endeavor to try and give a fresh take because, um, you know, when people see a Batman poster or see a Batman trailer, uh, no one's going to be sort of thinking optimistically, yeah, this is going to be a different Batman. I, mm. I think the Batman logo and the brand is so powerful that everybody still has uh, prominent impressions of the previous films. Mm. When, when you're coming off of the shoulders of Christopher Nolan and the success that he had behind the Batman trilogy, mm. it's always going to be a, a huge step for anybody to try and take that on and also give a fresh take. Because mm. what reason does anybody have to, to, to think that it's going to be a fresh take, right? What reason do you really have? Um, and so it's so it's so refreshing and kind of inspiring that Matt Reeves was able to pull off this new story with uh, the Batman and Bruce Wayne. And mm. um, I think Matt Reeves was very clear about this movie not being an origin story for Batman and, and uh, Bruce Wayne, but it was, it was us jumping right into the middle of him doing his work as a detective. Mm. Um, mm. And so this approach to the character is really interesting and, and the investigation um, aspect of it is really enjoyable and mm. it does remind me like what you're saying of seven does remind me of zodiac mm. Um, mm. um especially with the riddler uh, the riddler has this kind of zodiac vibe to him mm. um so love the characters uh love the riddler like riddler is probably my favorite character in the entire movie um i love gordon mm. Um, the relationship that he has with uh, Bruce Wayne is really cool. It's very dynamic and it's very mm. – uh, th- there's some good chemistry between the two of them. Mm. I think Selena Kyle is really cool, but I don't really see Selena Kyle as like a standout in this. I think she's just like an- another like version of Catwoman. <laughs> um, you know, I I don't see her any like more powerful or more interesting compared to Anne Hathaway in The Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Um she has a little bit of a grittiness to her, I suppose. You know, mm. she has a little bit of an edge. Like, that's literally what she says in the movie as well. <laughs> she has a little bit of an edge, but I, I don't see her, like, as the most amazing performance or stand-up performance. I think Colin Farrell was great in this as well. Mm. Um, his yeah. expressions were, weren't were um, sort of the classic Colin Farrell-isms that you normally get, even under all that makeup. Like, he, he tried hard to make sure that you couldn't recognize him, even down to his, like, um, delivery of his lines and his intonation was changed because mm. it's uh he's just so talented that, that like, guy that classic like mafia new york yeah yeah Italian classic mafia yeah voice. exactly yeah. i believed that you know he was like part italian or whatever it is <laughs> you, know? <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like really really great mm. performance and i think he's he's a big standout in this love the action mm. set pieces um, and uh, one of my favorite aspects of the movie is actually the cinematography. The cinematography mm-hmm. is like, it blew my mind. 
absolutely blew my mind. Um, the other thing that I, that I wasn't too impressed about, because I think I had high expectations for it, was Marco Giacchino's score. Um, now, like, mm-hmm. digging around, the score is great. The score is really good, but I found it quite annoying sometimes. Uh, you know, when the Batman theme would always come in, it was so repetitive to the point where I'm like, you, you, you're kind of, you're taking me out a little bit. It's becoming a bit of a nuisance now. Can you stop it with the Batman theme? Like it just mm. kept going and going and going. So mm. that, that was kind of the only thing that I found a little bit annoying. And I do have some issues with the pace, but other than that, very, very good movie. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So why don't we get into the recap here? Uh, the recap, um, as some of the frequent listeners would know how we do this, is we go through each act. We break it down into the class classic structure act one two and three we get to the summary and the conclusion and then we give it our overall rating when we get to the end of it and then that's how we do the recap mm-hmm. so why don't we uh jump straight into it um let's do this i was gonna do a laughing transition that doesn't seem right. <laughs> <laughs> depends what kind um, of laugh it is <laughs> yeah jared letters just get jared letters joke a laugh that should be a transition <laughs> sound for us. That's your laugh, isn't it? You have that kind of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like pretty that. much I can just do the Jared Leto joke a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's get into this recap. This is full-on spoiler, so if you haven't actually seen the film, stop, just hit pause, and then come back and play the episode so you can walk through the movie with us. Um, so heavy, heavy spoilers, and we're going to just take some time to talk about these different acts here. So... Yeah. Starting off with Act 1, you know, we are introduced to a Gotham City in Halloween, October 31st. I was, you know, when when they start off the movie with that, I was like, is that a little bit on the nose? Is, is it literally supposed to be the comic book? Uh, what's the comic book called? The Last Halloween? The Long, the long Halloween. The Long Halloween. The Long Halloween. I'm like, oh, that's a little bit on the nose. Um, we get introduced to this very dark, rainy slash like Sydney city is just constantly raining in Gotham <laughs> city. Um, and uh, we see that there's a serial killer on the loose. Um, and we find out that it's, it's the Riddler pretty quick. This is an opening shot. Let's just talk about this opening shot here. Cause I really, really love the way it opens up with the goggles, mm. the binoculars. And at first I was like, Oh, this is Batman. Mm. But, you know, I, I thought this was Batman just, spying on like a potential crime that's about to unfold or something but then we find out that it's actually the riddler um uh, let's talk about how the framing works here this is actually when the genius work of greg fraser comes in because to do this kind of framing behind the binoculars is super hard because there's so so many different um components going on this is lighting this is shading this is like Mm. all sorts of things going on in the shop and then we see a kid a young kid in a ninja suit and um, he's—I actually thought it was like a kid actually murdering his. Did you did, did, did you guys pick up that it was like make like it was just play? I actually just thought, oh, like this is this scene is about like a kid about to murder his parents. Or yeah. something. <laughs> it seemed pretty dark, and it was like a little well. Well, there's that obvious element that you mentioned just before, where you think, oh, this is Batman, and then you're like, oh no, actually, this is someone else. Because you think initially that that's Bruce Wayne, like a yeah, yeah, little yeah, Bruce yeah. Wayne. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, place, oh, yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to see his parents die again. Not because <laughs> like, I was just like, we had enough of that origin. But yeah. 
hundred percent. I was like, oh, this is some snot nose, a rich kid brat who doesn't know how to not play with sharp things and he accidentally kills his dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, and he could have started this movie off with a murder or something? What the heck is going on here? But then, yeah, it's just like play. And then, I, and then we get told later on that it's like Halloween 31st of, of October. Um, and so we get like our first look at um, the Riddler um inside the mayor i can't remember the mayor's name actually mitchell. but um mayor mitchell yeah um in his house and he just gets straight up murdered by by uh, the riddler what did you guys think of this introduction of the riddler nate let's start with uh nate then <laughs> okay <laughs> go to go to let's start with you man uh, i love love that little bit of like that jump scare element i loved the uh the length of time before like we're just standing there standing behind him and it's just like the mayor's on the phone, he's super pissed at what he's watching on the TV and he's stressed. He can mm. feel his stress, but then you're stressed because he doesn't know <laughs> that the Riddler's right there. And that just kind of that that super uber serial killer creepiness of his like using his duct tape and like the sound of the duct tape being pulled, like, oh man, just Yeah, it like it was the signal of like, oh, it's gonna be this this kind of a Batman, you know? Like mm. And Great again, use of sound editing, yeah. yeah, sound editing, and again the light, the lighting. Like, I think it there must have been thunder in it because I think the first kind of proper close up of Riddler is from lightning striking, and his his uh, face or his oh, mask just gets yeah. lit up. Might is that have right? Been, or is it the TV it screen? Been, I think it's the TV. I think it's the it TV could be the TV it, screen blaring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I like it honestly looked like a little freeze frame, like he wasn't there and then suddenly he was. Mm. There was almost like that movie magicness of it. So, yeah. Um, and, and just that like brutality of him just cracking him over the back of the head, like those it was very visceral, very visceral. Mm. And, um, yeah, beautifully framed. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it was a great murder. It was a great wow. murder. <laughs> I see you have experience with this name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is yes. one professional to another? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. JC, what did um, you what did you think? I thought the scene setting was good, uh, in the sense that it was just good. No, it was uh well done in the sense of setting the tone for the movie as an opening scene. Because I think people walking into this need to know what they're walking into. And that opening scene, you know, you get the whole okay, this is a kid uh you know, playing in a ninja suit. You don't know what's happening. And you're like, oh, plot twist. Maybe Bruce Wayne kills his parents as a ninja. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, uh, you know, that set up there and having that tension built up as a Riddler, for the Riddler, I should say, uh, was a great way to define him in this particular iteration of Batman. Because I don't think it's ever been done this way before. The Riddler has been seen as someone who just likes stealing money and, you know, not necessarily like killing people. So this is a very different take. And mm. I really enjoyed this. Um, just the, the, like, you had that jump scare that Nate said where he was standing behind the mirror. I'm sorry if you guys can hear that. Someone's car alarm is going off, but we'll move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, the whole menacing, you know, breathing, the whole breathing, Paul Dano, like, I didn't actually, uh, I, I hadn't looked up, I hadn't heard of Paul Dano before this movie. Uh, I know he's done other work. I've gone yeah. and researched since. But, uh, you know, just seeing him in that mask, that mask is, you know, very different to what we've seen before for Riddler. Um, 
And that was kind of like, it's kind of terrifying in a way. Like you don't know what this person's capable of because they're behind a mask. And mm. if someone's wearing a mask, they have something to hide, whether it's their intention or their actions. So for me, like, yeah, really good setup. And the fact that the fact that, you know, like you said, it was quite a gritty murder. It's not like this guy isn't after something basic like money. He wants to do something more. And that's, mm. you don't know, it's terrifying because he's behind that mask. He wants to hide. Um, so, yeah, no, it was uh, really well shot for that first first part. River? Yeah, I I loved um like what you're saying, like setting the tone, uh setting the world and mm. start the world building aspect with this really sinister type murder, but it's also a very silent murder as well. And um the breathing behind uh the mask, it's it's a piece of his character, right? Um so every time he is about to come on screen, you hear the breathing first because we know this as uh the movie goes on. Uh every time he jumps in to the next scene it starts off with the breathing i i sort of remember that scene where he's in the four-wheel drive of um uh that character's colson yeah of colson um which by the way colson's also a character in the the dark knight oh yeah and the mc as well (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was referring to (laughs) no no colson is um it's it's the guy that tries to knock on uh bruce wayne or, or you know, tries to tell the media about like who oh, the, the uh, finance yeah, that guy, guy, that little yeah. that little nerdy yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different like I don't think his first name is the same, but it's also his last name is Colson. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So you know, when the Riddler's in that car, he's also breathing heavily, and the camera's behind mm. his head, like it's sort of a, like mm. over the shoulder type shot. So great piece of work with his characterization here. And um, I was actually half expecting the second time I watched it though. I, I kind of wanted the Riddler to do something a bit more crazy with his uh, his killing. I mean, not that we want to see a lot of gore and stuff, but, um, it, you know, all he really does is just hit, he hits him over the head and then he just hits him a couple more times and that's about it. Um, mm. But then, you know, later on, um, a couple of scenes later, we find out that he severed his thumb while mm. he was still alive. So I guess there's there's kind of this unhinged, um, piece of character element, yeah, that we learn about the Riddle later because he's he's psychotic, unhinged, but he seems pretty calculated at the same time. So he's mm. he's not stupid; he's very intelligent. Um, but yeah, great introduction. I loved it. Loved the camera work. Obviously, the the lighting's pretty beautiful in this. And then mm. um, straight after this, we get um, a really nice exposition of Gotham City and the state of it. We, we get into criminals, you know, we get introduced, introduced to criminals and gang members and mm. um, and how much impression the Batman has on Gotham City. Mm. I, I love, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie, is that Matt Reeves decided to show us his piece of storytelling and direction by giving us what is Gotham City, mm. where is Gotham mm. City right now, and how do they mm. feel about the Batman being around. And this whole... Like the slow camera movements, you know, even going into dark places, mm. you know, you, the camera sort of tracks into these dark shadows and then there's like the the Bruce Wayne monologue behind it mm, and yeah. the score is building up. I'm like, wow, this is, this is like the kind of Batman impression that I want, that I've always wanted in a film. Mm. And we've never mm. seen this before. We've never seen a director take its time with its camera work getting into the shadows and, and how the criminals are responding to the shadows. And when they see the bat signal in the sky and then look at the shadows at the same time, they're like, Oh man, it's, it's kind of scary. I'm like, wow, this is a really, really cool way of introducing Batman. And, 
And then um, we we notice that this is year two of the Batman. You know, so he's he's making a diary of his uh, his life of becoming the Batman and the things that he has to overcome, the challenges that he's coming across. Um, and then we uh, we get our first scene of the Batman um, inside the train station. Mm. The first thing I thought about, actually, not I, I shouldn't. That's a lie. It's not the first thing I thought about. Is like. After watching it for the second time last night, I was like, why is there so much rain in this sheltered train station? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you guys noticed that, but it's like, it's, it's, a, sh- it's, a, it's a platform, right? It's mm. a platform train yeah. station, but there's like heaps of rain going down. I'm is it like, like coming what? in sideways? Well, I no, it's not that. even coming in sideways. It's like as if they're not even sheltered, but they're in a platform with a shelter. It didn't actually make any sense to me. I was like, huh? <laughs> okay, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, that's that's what I picked up on the second screening. Uh, but in the first screen, I think you're just it's a part of the atmosphere. You know, it's a part of the look, and this is a, obviously the way that they're going to introduce Batman. He does the slow walk into the platform, meets the criminals, uh, and um, yeah, this is our first introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what do you guys think of this first intro? I know Nate loves the slow walk, as you were saying before. Um, slow walk, yeah, Chasey? Ah. Uh... I think I'm just trying to remember all the previous iterations of Batman and how he enters. And usually he'll he'll jump down from like a high ledge and come down with his cape. Um, but I think this builds up tension for the fear for the uh, the gang members or like even whoever's around because like what is that? They being you know year two, he hasn't fully established his identity as Batman because then you hear him the gang member question who what are you meant to be or what is this guy meant to be kind of thing like he, they've only heard of him or maybe have seen him as a um uh maybe like a myth and so i'm, I'm getting uh storylines mixed up here because i started playing batman arkham origins last night which is talking uh. about <laughs> talking about batman in his, in his starting years and like they're all denying like batman exists um so yeah uh you know and then he goes to to show that he takes out the alpha and then everyone kind of scrambles at first, but then they all want to take him on. So uh, mm. I thought this was a great introduction in this particular iteration to show that mm. Patterson can hold his own as Batman. And, you know, we, we often look at Bale as the comparison um, or Keaton, um, you know, Clooney, Kilmer. And uh, I don't think Batfleck really counts as a Batman, but uh, well, that's my personal opinion, <laughs> unpopular opinion, maybe. But um, yeah, I think Patterson held his own in this in this particular scene and later scenes, which I'm sure we'll discuss um, as a I would maybe not say the definitive Batman, but definitely a, a prominent Batman for me. Mm. Yeah. Nate, 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 man, I like what you mentioned about him not dropping in. Like there is something in this, which again, it's both a realist thing. It's a year two thing. It's a um, there's, there's a sense, and I think this movie is also part of that story for, for, for Bruce where he's trying to work out what am I meant to be, what am I meant to be doing. He has a bit of that conversation with Alfred later mm, that mm. him walking in here is his show of strength, his show of his continuing to develop fear for Gotham's underworld. Mm. Um, the just, again, visceral. You have that visceral experience with the Riddler, you have a visceral beatdown, particularly the first guy he takes down, like which is in the trailers, and it's just mm. brutal. 
But one element that I also really appreciated around this kind of building of reputation was that one of the guys pulls out his phone and starts recording. Mm. And and you have this very, um, and it comes up much later in Act 3 as well, around like this element of how media controls fear and builds mm. reputation. And that that's part of Riddler's whole, whole thing is reputation. Like mm. he wants to um, not just kill people, but take away their reputations. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> in the midst of this, you have Batman developing his reputation. And um, I, I think, uh, yeah, I just, I think that that element that I, I did note was the line between Bale and Batflick and, um, and some of that in his suit and uh, some of his tech, uh, which, which you start to see more and more of, but right, even right at the beginning when it's like, take your beat down from like six guys. It's just like, mm, yeah, his suit does some work for yeah. him. And I love that. So, yeah. yeah, I think I really appreciate the, the idea of um, making Batman, not someone who's like clean cut in his choreography or in his mm. uh, fighting abilities, you know, um, mm. you know, making him somebody that is, st- yeah, he's still trying to figure out his fighting. He's not the greatest fighter out there. And you can kind of see this in this movie. Mm. He's not, mm. you don't believe for one, that he is the best martial artist in the world. Um, but even you don't even believe to him to be the greatest detective in the world. Mm. And even the penguin points that out like later <laughs> in the film, which is a great piece like, of dialogue between Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> World's greatest detectives. <laughs> um, and and but that's a great thing because uh, the character is is trying to build, the, the character is trying to learn all these things mm. um, about himself and also learn about the city that he's trying to save. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really love the slow walk, um, the Maximus walk into the train station <laughs> and the little fight that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so from here we get into the, uh, setting up the plot for the film, which is, um, who is the Riddler? What is the Riddler set out to do? And what is Batman and Gordon going to do about this? Mm-hmm. And I like how, um, the scene, this scene in particular is kind of the, the foundation for the film, mm. you know, because we get the first uh, clue and the first riddle of um, of the Riddler himself, and then we also get the dynamics between Gordon and Batman, and how not everybody's actually on board with this. It's literally just Batman and Gordon, and everybody's questioning the logic and also the the choices that Gordon is doing, especially when the commissioner walks in. Mm. Uh, what's the commissioner's name? I can't remember his name. Uh, uh, Lo- was it Loeb? No, it Loeb? no, no, no. It's not yeah, Loeb. Loeb is usually the, yeah usually the commissioner before because it's usually Loeb. I thought it I thought it was Loeb because because oh, okay. he he gets mm. killed. Yeah, but like and he's like this old doofy white man with the it, no. It's it's a uh, commissioner Savage. Savage. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure who that is in the comics actually but um yeah commissioner savage comes in and he's questioning gordon's um choices by bringing batman in you know is batman a suspect he's his name is on the evidence right here so mm-hmm. you know what's going on here so i i do love the the time that matt reeves takes to um build this scene up and this is kind of the framework that we're going to work off of for the rest of the film um so you know all this um and how this riddle kind of leads out into um a more elaborate riddle you know so the f- first riddle uh how does the first riddle go it's um uh what is a liar uh what does a liar do when he's dead 
yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, he lies still. still. He yeah. lies still, and sort of yeah. And uh, I was thinking, oh wow, that's actually a cool riddle, but it seems quite easy. But yeah. it's actually not the riddle itself. That's just like the beginning of the more elaborate riddle, which we find mm. out later through the thumb drive and the the cryptic <laughs> messaging and <laughs> the sort of the puns that the riddle loves to use. Really, really smart stuff. Really good uh, piece of scripting. But just this whole chunk here. Uh, how did you guys think? Um, Matt Reeves was dealing with um, how the Riddler is going to take this whole story and you know be sort of the leader of this story. So it's not because because the way I see it is that Batman is not really the leader of the story. He's just a guy that's just trying to piece together the whole picture. But the Riddler is mm-hmm. actually driving the story here. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think of this whole part um, with the Riddler and Carmine Falcone's um, introduction as well, which is a little bit later, um, and figuring out the riddle itself. Let's start with you, Nate. Like, I, I think, like, you mentioned that, like, it's uh, a Batman who's reactionary. Mm. He's, um, mm. and and whenever we find him, like, particularly uh, early on, you have this sense of him not being on the back foot, but uh, definitely it's it's just trying to figure out how deep does this kind of go. But, like, the initial, like, the initial element that, that, that helps you like it's also part of the world building the those initial elements of that this first murder contains an envelope which is marked for the batman um that that i think with with um maybe with pattinson's performance um you don't you don't get much of what he's thinking (laughs) (laughs) he's hidden he's veiled um and this is what i meant before about like it not being much a bruce wayne story but a batman story um, I, I just kind of really dug his getting into the nitty gritty of the, being a detective, finding the person that he can depend on and trust, which is, is Gordon in this and, um, having this uneasy relationship with the rest of the police force that is really built on Gordon and everyone's respect for Gordon as a policeman. So I, um, yeah, I think I think initially, and sorry, this isn't as fresh in my mind as it is for you boys too. <laughs> but the um, the the starting story uh, and the development um, helped me to kind of get into the mode of this is the kind of Batman that we're we're working with here. I love that he's on a motorbike. I love that he's um, changing in and out of his costume. Um, <laughs> the the real the realness, like I love his eye makeup. Like I, I think the realness of him trying to do detective work and be incognito and be um, Mm. ground level whilst at the same time also like um, messing up a bit. I'm trying to think if, um, Mm. uh, do you mean up until, because I was just thinking if this is something to talk about yet, but was up until the point of going and investigating the penguin and like rocking up at the club the first time as Batman. (laughs) And there's this, there's this sense of like this, this, this Batman is being vulnerable with people because he kind of has no choice yet. He doesn't have that reputation yet. He needs to go and see the scene of the crime and there's mm. 50 policemen there. And in mm. later on, we see it right where they try and take his mask off. But like, you have this sense of like, he's being vulnerable. He rocks up to a club and mm. the penguins men don't give a damn. Like they're happy mm. to try and beat down against Batman as well. Like, yeah. I, I think that's just, it's cool. It's very, yeah. it's very, he's like, um, a, he's like a brute force Batman. Like he, mm. he's not very strategic about what he's doing when it mm. comes to confronting certain people. Um, a little like Casino Royale, Daniel Craig, right, right at the beginning, like that that kind That's of energy of, of like, 
he's not he's not fully Batman yet in a great way. Like you mm-hmm. know, he's working that out. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you pick up when uh, when he turns up to the club as Bruce Wayne? They're like, "Oh, it's the Bruce Wayne kid." Like they definitely recognize him, but they don't recognize yeah. Batman. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. And the twins are so funny in those scenes. Like, yeah. I love that. There's three moments of that, like where he, he's like rocking up at the club, and that that first one though, when he does do the little throwdown as he's walking up the stairwell, and mm. like. <laughs> Like, like, and the amount of people that shoot him in this film, oh my gosh, like, yeah. just shoot mm. him in the jaw, guys, like, don't just shoot him in the jaw, yeah. Point blank. But anyway. I can imagine that'd be very hard, though, to it would be tricky. Yeah. aim and shoot at his jaw when he's moving at such when a rapid like, pace. Terrifying. Also, um, yeah. like, that, that element of, um, of getting an idea that Alfred potentially is the one that trained him. And mm. you kind of really want to see, like, a, you mm. could, a ma- I, I was almost in many ways feeling a bit of the Batman Beyond series. Yeah, Batman Andy Beyond, Circus yeah. being an old, um, an old Batman, oh, and, man, and, and Robert yeah. Pattinson being the young new Batman with, yeah. like, learning from a, like his predecessor. There was There's a, bit of a that prequel somewhere too. there, I'm sure. I'm sure mm. there's like oh, a prequel Oh, man, where, yeah. Like, Andy, Andy Serkis, Serkis would be fully him. CGI. <laughs> 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 yeah. You get a, a, a double in to do all the stunt work. <laughs> what about you, JC? What do you Hang think on, about this all? Uh, re- 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 reiterate the question to me again, because I think we've we, we just gone on so many tangents there. Yeah, this is so. This is just like the beginning, the first investigative work between Batman and Gordon. Um, Right up until the point where we go through the car park, we figure out the uh, what the riddle is, and it's the thumb drive. And on the mm. thumb drive, there's a bunch of um, there's a bunch of information on there that is very controversial and also very mm. um, uh, what should I say? Um, I can't think of the word right now. <laughs> but well, but the information on the mayor blackmail itself, you know, information. yeah, there's yeah. a lot of blackmail information, um, and yeah, there's a lot of corruption that exists with this mayor. Um, I think in the sense of like, for me, when, uh, you have the Riddler set up these sorts of things, like I, I don't see this as a taunt to not necessarily Batman, but also to us as the viewers. Cause it's like, Oh, like, are we smart enough to understand the, the Riddler's, uh, taunts and prompts? So like, I was like, I wasn't, you weren't. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Uh, I, I picked up on the he lies he lies still part. Like I was like, okay, that one's pretty easy. But like when you well, I didn't even pick up on that. Oh, you didn't? Okay, I'm not very good at riddles actually. Okay. Honestly, like I actually hate riddles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there are some in there which I definitely didn't get. But you know, you have to show that Bruce or Batman, I should say, uh, is a great detective. But you know, still being you too, that he wasn't going to be the smartest. And you see that where they make that mistake later on. But um. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was quite inventive and just setting up the plot for where the story was going. And, and you're right. I think we spoke about this yesterday in the sense that uh, there's probably parts of the movie that could have got shaved down. But I, I sat there thinking this morning, it's like, I can't think of a part where it actually needs to be shaved down more. But I think each... Oh, I can. You can? Okay. <laughs> I think there are definitely parts that uh, draw out, but it definitely adds to the overall flick. Um, I think if you're looking, maybe I'm going to say this and I'm sure I'm going to get hated for it. Um, I do love Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Um, I think maybe some of her arc could have got scraped down a little bit, Um, but it depends on what they're going to do with this series next, if they're going to keep going Mm. on it or, you know, she's completely gone. So 
Yeah, I liked yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm with you, JC. I thought she was brilliant. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I do want to ask Lisa. Just we, we've kind of gone towards and away from the topic. So while we're talking about the Riddler, did you get Vader vibes from Riddler's breathing? Does that give you that sense yeah. of like terror? It does give me a sense of terror, but I didn't think of Vader though. But I can okay. obviously see how that would work out. I, I I thought of Vader, and I thought of um, how do you how do you create um that sense of closeness and mm. um, that sense of unhinged, like uh, which, you know, kind of culminates in him getting arrested in the diner later on. But mm. I, um, I thought the breathing was quite cool because I think in the first scene, you don't get the breathing when mm. he's like looking through his, the goggles. But the second time you see him surveil, surveillancing, I think it, it's the, um, it might be the DOA or what, what, yeah, I think when he's in, yeah, when he's in the car after, mm. um, the, the DA had tried DA, to, yeah. um, tried to hit on, on Zoe Crab, on, on, on Selena Kyle mm. and he's like standing in the street and you hear his breathing in the car mm. and it's like, oh, yeah, I, 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 um, I, I definitely got Vader vibes and I wonder if that's a, um, a Matt Reeves thing from, um, you guys from are just Star Wars nerds. <laughs> from Rogue One. Yeah, a couple of you. I I thought you would have gone for it. I went. I was like, oh yeah, like who else is heavy breathing in all of that yeah, cinema, nah. cinema the history? The uh, only thing I go from like if if there was any other character that I was thinking about, it would have just been Alex Jones, which is a character that he plays in Prisoners, um, hmm. and he's also kind of creepy in that. Uh, you should see Prisoners, by the way. Great movie from Denis Villeneuve. Okay. Um, and Paul Denner plays a character in it called Alex Jones, and he doesn't do heavy breathing, but he does have some um, moments in that film where he's breathing heavily. And then when he's doing this as the Riddler, I'm like, oh, this is creepy, and it does remind me of Alex Jones. But mm. um, uh, no Vader vibes, though. No, <laughs> I got the Vader vibes, and I thought it was a good tick. I feel like, particularly with this costuming of just this like. Amer- um, like American military camo style vibe with a bit of like gorilla. Mm. It was just it's like, like I wasn't really like, or something. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't really loving his his like his costume in the sense it didn't make me feel he was the Riddler. Mm. <laughs> I just felt like he was just like a weird psychopath. Um, mm. True, true, true. Yeah, like even to the point when when he reveals, you're like, I was like, is that actually the guy? Like, mm-hmm. especially when he's in the diner, like, is that actually the guy? Is that what he looks like? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of the reveal, you know, we get the reveal of um, what's what's really been going on with this mayor. Um, so we we get into the Iceberg Lounge, which is the club within a club. Or actually, no, mm-hmm. Iceberg Lounge is a club, and then there's another club within 40, a club 40. called 44 Below. Yeah. 40, 44 Below? Yeah. Um, and so in this scene, we get introduced to um, the Penguin. We also get introduced to Selena Kyle, who's a waitress at this club. Um, and the Batman is trying to to figure out who this um, this mysterious figure is that is um, alluding to the idea that uh, he's having an affair with this uh, this lady who is called Annika. 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 So Annika becomes sort of a piece of the puzzle that Batman is trying to figure out with the Penguin here. Um, and this our introduction to the Penguin here. Let's just talk a little bit about Colin Farrell here. Like, did wait was it was it you, JC? That no, no, not you, JC. I think it was. It was me. No, I was, I was like, yeah, uh, when we you, were at the movies, didn't know I had Colin no Farrell, idea. Right? Yeah. Did you yeah. have an? Did you know it was Colin Farrell? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. 
I was like, where? I, I think we got to the credits. And I was like, where the heck was Colin Farrell? And then <laughs> you, and, you and Jim, you and Jim said, oh, he was the penguin. I was like, yeah. no. And during the movie, his portrayal, I was like, who is that actor? Yeah, <laughs> and I, right. like, but I couldn't pick him. And I think like I was more like, funnily enough, I was more towards like a Danny DeVito kind of vibe. Like, I was like, <laughs> is it, like who, who is this guy? Um, however, once he was like, once that like was made known, the closest like Colin Farrell, like movie portrayal that I could think of that that was similar to was him in the gentleman. Um, oh, great movie. And that kind of, that, that kind of energy of like absolute confidence, know who yeah. I am. I don't give yeah. it like, you know, like you're like, and particularly to Batman, like this sense of like, like what you can kill me for sure. But like, you don't have real power. Like I have power. Like, that mm. that's awesome. I love that. So mm. yeah, yeah. He's what, yeah. What do you guys What do you guys think of that first scene with him? <laughs> uh man, like the, the penguin, <laughs> like just that first scene. He he really establishes the fact that he is some guy that is like this classic old school Italian mob dealer. Mm. And um, I love the makeup because the makeup is trying it's best to not be this like corny cheesy penguin character from the comics mm. but like the the way the the nose is shaped it's kind of that pointy penguin mm. uh character um but it still fits in with the look of who he is as a mob guy or you know this kind of ugly mob dealer yeah so i love the makeup and the makeup didn't look fake at all i was trying my hardest to actually look at where the makeup was but i, I couldn't see it uh... There were some parts of the face which looked like it was like added on. Like he was quite clear, but really? was, yeah, like part of the like cheek, they got some clay and stuck it to his yeah, cheek. Like yeah, like you can see like some of the cheek like really stuck out. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see the makeup, but then I'm oh, going, man, I, I, I couldn't see it. I couldn't uh, see it. I thought the nose was done well. The nose made it look like a bit bird like, but also like a broken nose, like a mob deal, like you said. So I thought that was done well. Mm. Yeah, because it's like a scar, like in the middle of the uh, the nose too. So it's it's kind of good. There's there's a story there. There's a story behind his um, behind the scars and whatever. Um, Yeah, really, really cool. And the fat suit was done well because he you can't obviously he's not wearing like tights or anything. Mm. No, the costume choice here was deliberate so that you wouldn't be able to see the fat suit itself. So really, really cool. And I love Selena Kyle being like this waitress that is um, also mysterious as well. It plays mm. into her character. Like she's like she's his, kind of a, his drug runner as well. Yeah, like the like drug runner. Yeah, passing yeah. the cash. And yeah, yeah. But then she's that. also got her own kind of deceitful behavior behind her being a waitress as well. So I, I like that too. Mm. Um, and I just love the setting of the club. The club feels like a very dirty, um, uh, very dirty kind of, bad club <laughs> you know yeah. there's got to be a bunch of like bad people hanging around um so yeah really, really there's cool. no river sitting in the corner drinking saison <laughs> <laughs> no ipas in this club no ipas no paddle uh, no yarn with the bartender <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um so let's move on to like the next part of this uh act here so um uh selena she's she's part of this whole act pretty prominently which i was actually kind of surprised i thought she was gonna be a little bit more developed and like later in the film but she has a bit of a um a duty or responsibility in this whole first act because we see her get into the costume you know the tights the leotard Mm. it's not a leotard it's just tights (laughs) um and and bruce wayne is like stalking her you know he plays this kind of like stalker 
a guy on the rooftop with his binoculars <laughs> watching yeah. every being, move. Being creepy while she's getting changed. Being creepy. Stop being creepy, Rob. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it did jump to my mind. I was like, wow, you used to be a creep on the roof just spying yeah. on someone. But obviously it's all to do with his investigation and stuff and his uh, his his way of piecing together this whole story. Um, and then, uh, you know, later on we jump to the point of Coulson being abducted. Now, the surprising part about this is that the abductions and like the seven-esque murders, they happen pretty quick in the mm, movie. Mm, they don't mm. actually happen throughout the entirety of the movie. Granted, there's not like a lot that happens, um, not, not a lot of murders, but they happen pretty quick. They happen actually before part, the midpoint of the film. Mm. Um, so Coulson get, gets abducted, you know, he gets the bomb put around his neck um, and we don't see him until later on during Mitchell's funeral, which was such a, such a like, uh, sort of, you know, contrast, you know, you have someone that you're mourning and everybody's like the city is mourning and people are about to say their farewells. And then Mm. this, this other guy who is planned by the, by the Riddler drives in and just disrupts it with a car that's mm, painted. Yeah. I couldn't actually pick out what was painted on the car, by the way. DOA. Uh, I was trying to... DOA. DOA, dead on arrival. Dead on arrival. Mm. I, thought, wow. I thought it stood for dead or alive, which it could be both. <laughs> Ooh, could, could be, be both. both. Could be both. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that, thought, that blows my mind that it's DOA. I, I actually thought there was a riddle there that they were trying to get at, but then... Maybe too, because he's the DA. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's something to play on. It could be multiple things. I think that's a great thing. Mm. Also, yeah. that's like one of the only scenes shot in the daytime where it's not raining. Uh, there's also the rooftop scenes and the end yeah, well. the rooftop, which are mostly like dusk and like dawn. Mm. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because I think I guess it, all the activity and all the crime and stuff is happening in the middle night, of the night. night yeah. Rain. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, who, which who is kind of that nocturnal thing. Yeah, who commits hmm? crime in the daytime? Uh, Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> yeah, Bane. When you're fighting Bane. When you're fighting Bane, it has to be during the daytime because you're not going to win if it's at nighttime. Remember, he's he was he was born in the shadows. Born shadow. in the shadows. I was born in the shadows. Born in the shadows. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Colson gets abducted, he's got the bomb around his head, um, and in this funeral scene, which is actually one of my favourite scenes of the entire film, um, this is also another riddle, well, there's actually three riddles that Colson has to try and figure mm. out, but he's, um, I, I don't want to say he's too stupid to figure them out, but he's stressed because he's about to die. <laughs> so, mm. of course, like all the stress, all the cortisol is running to his head, and he cannot think straight, he cannot think logically, he cannot think intellectually. Um, so this this actually the scene between Batman and Coulson. Let's explore this a little bit because it's actually one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. The build up so to this, the tension, the rise in the score, the musical score mm. here, and then we know the it's going. Oh, the footsteps! Yes, they yes, come back in. Like, the footsteps come back in. Like the the little entrance that Batman does is it's really really uh, great. Yeah. But um, I love this whole scene. It's just it's such a great way to to focus on three characters here that's colson riddler and the batman mm. um and it's just it's just such a great scene mm. such a great scene and we know it's going to lead up to the explosion because we know the explosion happens because of the trailers thank you trailers <laughs> oh, i thought uh, you were gonna say because of harvey dent you need a new oh, 
true, true. Yeah, because Harvey did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so we know it's going to lead up to that point, but I just love the use of modern or like, you know, modern isms, I suppose, you know, social media going live mm. and, um, you know, I love that. And there's, there's, there's a great piece of detail and this is coming back to Greg Fraser as the DOP. Great piece of detail. It's, um, it's so hard to actually do this technically, which is when you look closely at the FaceTime thing, you see the FaceTime in the corner as well, right? So yes, like you see it in the corner oh, and the reflection, man, yeah. it's, Oh my god, that blew my I mind! Noticed because, it immediately. Yeah. Because I because I because I know as a DOP and as as for camera work, that is incredibly hard to do. Like, I don't even know where to start. But it, that'll be so hard to shoot. There is an element of visual effects in there, obviously, but um, you still have to frame that correctly. You still have to get the composition correct on that. And that mm-hmm. was like, I couldn't believe that uh, what I was watching. So I'm. I'm like receiving this information of great filmmaking, great storytelling mm. right now, but also technically great work. I'm like, mm. oh my God, this scene is insane. So mm. I probably see the scene a bit, I probably am a bit more excited than most people in the scene, but you guys can chime in. What did you guys think of this? I thought it was a great way for Riddler to manipulate Batman to to work with him to find out who the rat is, right? Because that was the whole yeah. point. You get mm. put Colton in distress. Colton's not going to be able to answer it because he doesn't know or he doesn't want to say. So Batman helps him out and coaxes him into giving, well, get closer to the answer, I should say. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I thought it was fun. Like it, it, it did provide a lot of tension with that period because you know it's like yeah, this build up. He's going to die, and there's a there's a panic for time. Um, but I found it interesting that, you know, you could tell that, uh, Batman was helping Coulson, but the Riddler didn't care because he wanted Batman to be the one to be the vehicle for him to, to bring all this stuff to light. And that's why he had this whole relationship with the Riddler, which he thought, oh, we did this together. It's like, no. Um, mm-hmm. so I thought, yeah, this is well-crafted. And yeah, like even to think about like what River was saying with the the whole social media and like, you know, having the whole, yeah, I picked up on that. Like, you know, you could see the Riddler in the screen, but then you can also see the reflection or the the, the small window uh, seeing Colton or Batman as well. So yeah, that was well done. Um, Good point of tension for the, for the movie. And I think tension ebbed and flowed in in the right points. It didn't kind of build up for no reason. So yeah. Nate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, with with the interrogation element, I love that the riddles, like Riddler's addressing Coulson, but he knows that Batman's going to answer them. Mm. <laughs> so the first one being, you know, uh, cruel and blind and da da da, and it's like justice. What is and, cruel and, and, and blind? <laughs> oh man, and his voice, and, or poetic, his voice, and yeah. poetic, yeah, poetic, yeah. and it's like justice, and the and the other guy's freaking out, and then the second one being about bribery, but the answer isn't yeah. bribery; it's specifically how much money did they pay yeah, you? Because that's yeah. what and he at, wants to know. Yeah, and at that point, you're like, well, it doesn't matter if if he's just outing him to the world because not only are the cops watching it through their little ro- remote what's happening on the phone is being broadcasted live to the world. Mm. So he's being outed in that instance. So again, this thing about reputation, but then thirdly you have Batman now not giving a damn about the Riddler. He wants to know Mm. about this, this rat, this, this bribery, because Mm. that's something that Batman cares about. It's why he's 
why he's trying to save Gotham is to fix these things too. So that like, and I was like, oh, it wasn't even just being played. Honestly, at that point, you really feel that Batman just wants wants to find the answer and is very angry at the DA as well. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I thought that was brilliant. But I think the the part that's really um, what really tricky and it, you know it's a it's a age old Batman element is Batman doesn't kill. But there is a point where he realizes and he tell I think he tells Jeffrey Wright over the phone. He's like, or he's like in comms. He's like, this guy, because the last question is name the rat or something along that lines. Like, mm. who was the person? And Batman says he will rather die than give us the answer. And that's when he knows the guy's going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, but also saw like mad saw vibes right there. Yeah, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. That and that, that I think that that element for me really developed the, the tension of this film from being thriller, detective, noir, to being horror mm. element, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, man, when he gets hit with the explosion, like, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. It, so, yeah. I, think, I think it was very key to have the explosion quite uh, small and isolated mm. because it's a C4 bomb. Because uh, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't believe it if like half of the building got blown up. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you're like, well, why is Batman still alive? Um, so I had to kind of think about that for a second. I was like, why is Batman? Yeah, alive? I was surprised oh, yeah. it was small too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was only really self-contained to just kill that one person, mm. and all the other explosions except for the the van bombs, they're all very small explosions. You know, the attempt on Bruce Wayne, it's a very small C4 bomb to, to kill mm. that one person. And the, that's an element of like this. Uh, there's very, very much a lot of precision to the Riddler, which by the time you get to this killing, you're aware of it. Like he goes after the mayor when he's mm. home alone and his son and wife are out doing trick or treating. He yeah. goes after the police commissioner. I don't think you see the abduction, but he creates no, he a goes- very sadistic. Yeah, you know, he creates the rat trap maze. That's rat very trap, sadistic, yeah. but it's very much like only this person's going to die. So by that mm. point, I think even Batman knows it's like the Riddler is precise and justice oriented, even though it's perverted justice, like mm. justice oriented in his killings, kind of mm. like um, like um, Light in Death Note, you know, like right, a, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a justice yeah. element to that. So yeah. yeah, I think I think the thing that gets established pretty quick um, for the Riddler is that he's almost like a vigilante himself, but mm. like an anti-hero. But he's mm. not really a hero. But <laughs> well, he's not really an anti-hero. I, I think it's probably based he's... on your definition of what a anti-hero is. But you know, he's someone who's taking down bad people, and that's a very yeah. different characterization for the Riddler, especially in the comics. Because in the comics, mm. he just kind of kills anybody. <laughs> um, well, he's kind of like a judge, right? And this is his. Yeah. The end of this story is his judgment on Gotham as a whole, right? Yeah, in some ways, Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. It, it's like the bigger picture is very similar to the intentions and the goal for Ra's al Ghul and Batman Begins. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this is it's, it's so fascinating to learn about the Riddler this way because we're not used to seeing the Riddler as a guy that likes to team up with the Batman. Mm. Um, um, and so uh, let's, let's move on to Act 2 because in Act 2 we get this huge reveal which, by the way, I think should be should have been the main story for the Batman. Mm. And this huge reveal is who Thomas Wayne is and who Martha yeah. Arkham is. Um, and this is huge because I didn't I didn't actually know. Maybe you guys know is Martha uh, Arkham? She is she Arkham I, in the I comics? Didn't know. I, I, 
I, I or is this just that. is this just like creative um um just sort of uh, creative uh writing from matt reeves and peter craig maybe i don't even know but um i was surprised to think that you know martha her maiden name is arkham and and that's how the arkham origin story is going to happen because it's the two families the wayne family and um the arkham family this is such a great piece of story um that should have been the focus of the film in my opinion um and so you could have started with that that introduction being a flashback to martha growing up for instance or something like that. yeah i mean yeah. this this whole movie could have been centered around the wayne estate and the arkham estate and it's a great way to set up the arkham stories and arkham characters um i think this should have been the focus but you know i digress from from that idea but the the riddler he he starts to explore more about the bigger picture here which is the wayne family in the market and the the Arkham family, <laughs> the Wayne family, the Arkham family. And we, we get this uh, first tip off. Well, it's not a tip off, but it's like, I guess the penguin helps out in the riddle here. And the penguin um, gets handcuffed and put against the wall by Batman and Gordon when they're trying to figure out the riddle, El Ratata. <laughs> what is it? El Ra- Arata. La Arata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he tries to say, "What do you don't know Spanish? Hablo español." <laughs> such a <laughs> such a great scene. Um, he he helps him out with the riddle, but then uh, Batman has to think to himself, "Well, the riddle doesn't make mistakes, so let's think about this more." And then when he says "URL," I was like, "Oh, the penny drops!" And it's like he's talking about a website. And really, this is just the website for him to communicate with the Riddler so the Riddler can find out where are you in the case. <laughs> like, have mm. you figured out who the rat is? Um, so, you know, from there, it pieces up to the the Wayne family and the Arkham family get this whole exposition, this background um, and the secrecy that the Wayne family has kept for so long. And he's a part of the, the, um, the corrupt officials that exist with, with the cesspool of Gotham City, um, this is just the the big kind of reveal for Bruce Wayne as well, because Bruce Wayne has has kind of thought to himself, "Well, this this is kind of crazy," um, because I always thought Thomas Wayne, my my father, is the shining jewel, the hero to the city, and I'm I'm carrying on this legacy. Mm. So, what did you guys think of this whole uh, Thomas Wayne Arkham Asylum? Uh, what did you think of this whole kind of exposition and reveal? Were you guys, did you guys see this coming or did you, were you surprised by this? What are your thoughts? Casey? Didn't see this coming, but, uh, this is a, a, a payback, payback to the earth one novels where, uh, cause Martha's original name is Kane, but in the earth one, uh, novels, uh, it was oh, as in Arkham. Bob Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, like it was Bob a, Kane, who's the creator, creator of Batman? Batman. Yeah. So Earth ah. One, Earth One, basically uh, explored Batman as a different story. Um, I'm trying to. I'm getting. There's so many. This is what Western comics annoy me because there's so many different takes on the story that it's very hard to remember each one unless you like study each of them. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, so that's when Thomas Wayne was running for mayor in that series. If I'm not mistaken. And I think, so what they were saying is that they had a, uh, a reporter that had dirt on Wayne and that mm. um, there was a, a plan to, to have, um, oh, what was it? There was a plan to have someone try to expose 
um, or, 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 or Penguin had to to had something organized to, to kill Thomas Wayne or, or to run. I can't remember. But yeah, so basically that Arkham is, is a playback to, to the Earth One graphic novels. Not to go and read mm. um, So I think it was a good it was a good twist because, or I wouldn't say twist, a good reveal um, because it has to tie into everything. And are we are we going into like where it's is? Well, <laughs> I'm trying not to say too much, even though we're in spoiler territory. Anyway, I'll um, just say it. Just say it. Right. So I like <laughs> having this tie back to Falcone. Um, you know, because they did have that that instance uh, pointing to Maroney right at the beginning, and Falcone mm-hmm. has always been something that's a character that's been predominantly in all Batman series, so the animated, the movies. Um, so having John Turturro play this iteration of Falcone was quite interesting. Um, the last time I saw him was with in that HBO series with Riz Ahmed. I think it was called The Night of. I don't know if you've seen that, mm-hmm. but that's a that's a good series. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, like, like I think River was saying yesterday after we were talking, like, that would be good to, to go into that further. But I feel like that's a very niche story that may not appeal to everyone. Um, maybe that could be done as a series. I don't know if that could be done as a movie, but I don't know how that you would sell that to the, to the mass market. Uh, mm. But, yeah, no, like, I think it, it went into it enough to kind of give you the background and how Bruce Wayne ties into all of this and him being a target for the Riddler. Um, mm-hmm. And then that helps him tie into Falcone. So, like I was saying to, to River before, and I said in the podcast, I think everything had its reason in the movie for it to come back to that whole full circle by the end. Um, so, for me, I thought this was an interesting—I wouldn't say tangent, but an interesting direction that they took it to bring it back to the ending. Um, but yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, I was happy. I was happy with it. So, Nate. Yeah, well, I, I um, I think this this brought me. Um, it, it's funny. It's uh, when you tell things about a character or about uh, a, a universe where you feel these are the rules, and then something breaks the rules. Mm-hmm. I think there is an element here with this part of the story because I I had the sense that Bruce Wayne would be one of the targets. I was like, how many like from what they portrayed in the story? I kept thinking, well, who could his next targets be? And I kept coming back to either. Um, Gordon or Bruce Wayne. I was like, they, ha- they haven't mm. really set up many other characters for um, the Riddler to target. So mm. when, when as soon as it was like, oh, we're going to an orphanage, I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be Bruce Bruce Wayne, but not mm. Batman. Um, and there is a double, like, there's a double reveal, non-reveal <laughs> when they finally are in the prison together, where you're like, oh, does he know who's Bruce Wayne, or doesn't yeah. he? Um, yeah. That I, I think what I really appreciated about this little turning point was that this is sullying the Wayne name that we're also used to not having sullied. Um, mm. and, and that's a really great little like device of all Batman stories where you're able to take the, um, the archetype that is Batman, because I think mm. Batman is both a character and an archetype and all of the stories that are told from the different comics are taking certain elements of the archetype, and the f- and films as well. Yeah, all these different filmmakers and these different um, story writers are taking different aspects of an archetype. And in this film, like Reeves is taking Batman as detective and Batman as um, gritty. And um, I think here is a moment where I like you feel oh ah oh, are the Waynes corrupt? 
was Martha's <laughs> like mm. asylum. Is that a bad thing? That shouldn't be a bad thing. Mental health isn't a bad thing. Mm. But then the element with Falcone made me feel really yuck. And it reminded me of Joker when Joker gets bashed up by Thomas Wayne in the movie Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. And uh. you're, you, you have this moment of, oh, Thomas Wayne isn't actually as cool as... Like, he isn't the nice guy that we get in Batman Begins, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it does make you think, well, hang on, like, Bruce Wayne is a freaking billionaire in this city, and that, that question comes up all the time in Batman. If he is a billionaire in this broken city, surely he can also spend his billions on doing good things mm-hmm. <laughs> that don't involve him just being a vigilante. Mm. Um, and, and in this, and in, in, in this moment, yeah, I like, it's hard to even believe Falcone and even believe Alfred. Like, it's hard to believe anyone's stories except mm. for the Riddlers on their corruption. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Slash yeah, lack yeah. of corruption. Like I, I don't believe Falcone, but you kind of want to, you kind of do as well where you're like, mm. Oh, like maybe they were pals, but, that's not because Thomas Wayne's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. And then you hear Alfred's taken. It's like, nah, Falcone's just like lying and he just killed because that's how Falcone goes about paying someone back. But mm. Thomas Wayne wouldn't have wanted that. I don't know who to believe, you know, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Oh, that's a great, that's a great piece of tension in the storytelling. Um, yeah. He wanted, he wanted to have something on Thomas Wayne because he's like, he made me do this for him. So now he's got dirt on him if he ever needed to leverage it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Yep. But then could, could you believe, like, for a second, I was like, oh, maybe they actually were friends. And Falcone was just doing that because they're actually friends. It's like, mm. nah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, um, I, I think it's more of the the fact that Thomas Wayne is is still the Thomas Wayne that I want to believe, which comes from Alfred. I'm, I, have, I have more rational reasons to believe Alfred you know, than believe mm. Falcone. I mean, Falcone's a mm. criminal, so... And Alfred's not a criminal, so mm. I'm willing to believe the uh, Alfred <laughs> in this in this case, because mm. um, you can definitely um, reason reason that as opposed to you can't really reason uh, Falcone and whatever he's telling Bruce Wayne. Um, but yeah, great, great, great stuff, great storytelling on on the families. Yeah. Let's quickly jump into the car chasing because. Mm. Um, I think the car chase scene is definitely one of the best scenes in the film. Definitely one of the best action set pieces, I think. I think it's actually mm-hmm. better than the finale, um, the finale action sequence. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this, uh, the, the Batmobile. Um, Matt Reeves doesn't give us the Batmobile for a long time until we get to this part, this mm-hmm. car chase scene. And I don't know much about cars, so um, uh, i got a friend who's a big car nerd <laughs> and he's like oh my god this car is blah blah, blah. and he's like naming all these technical things behind it and i was like okay cool so i'm not as enchanted on mm. the batmobile i'm not as like you know visually to me the batmobile was like meh whatever i didn't mm. care that much i do love the sound though mm. i love the sound effects sound the sound is oh my god like this kind of screeching screaming behind it you know when when yep. it first revs up it sounds like someone screaming but a very kind of synthesized scream like oh like it's actually <laughs> like a horror sound right like yeah it's like a very like horror element to the car and i was like whoa this car is badass so yeah. i think aesthetically the car doesn't like do anything for me but i love the way it sounds and i love the way it moves especially with the camera work in here <gasps> oh man the camera work the, i like yeah. that it's it's uh you know it's an old it looks older like it doesn't look like your other cars which look really like you know it wasn't like the bat tank 
that he someone mm-hmm. had in uh, the Dark Knight. Um, and yeah, he had like a really old school like uh, bike as well, right? It wasn't yeah. something new. And this is because he's year two. And there was a lot of less reliance on all these gadgets. And you see the illusion to the Batmobile with all the parts and the engine sitting around in the Batcave. So, yeah. um, you know, it was a really interesting take on it. And you see that kind of terror uh, after after what he gets. Does he, what happens at the at the at the bust? He gets knocked down, right? No, uh, he gets shot, and then he, yeah. he gets like I guess uh, he is unconscious for a little bit because he gets shot by a bunch of bullets. Yeah. Um, so he probably it probably hits his cowl or something and he just gets a little bit unconscious and then he just disappears. Like, I can imagine him like, you know, sort of crawling away. <laughs> yeah. to, I'm like, oh, did he just like, like, I don't know, did he just act like a dog or something and just crawl away real quick or something and get to the car? <laughs> but that's the typical Batman look away for one second and he's gone. Yeah, and he's gone. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But you see that whole terror in sight when he starts, the rev- the engine starts revving and he's like, and you're like, everyone's like, okay. So it was a, like, you know, it shows that there has a lot of grunt in there. It was supposed to like, I, I, I took it as a bit of like, it's inciting fear and how they allude to being fear, like being a very powerful tool. Um, mm. And then you see them all just take off because they go, okay, he's got a big car now. He's not on his own and he's not on foot. So he can still do damage and still take us down. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I, I thought the this, this scene, sometimes I look at car chase scenes, <coughs> Boba Fett, uh, as being uh, really over, <laughs> overdone and, uh, you know, a waste of time. But the, the tension in this um, was, I felt it was somewhat realistic in the sense that, you're utilizing, the way, at least the way the Penguin drove, he was utilizing the trucks around him as barriers to Batman and Batman had to use his quick thinking and reflexes to work through that. I mean, it is a, I wouldn't say it's a comedy of errors, but maybe a sense of luck where the, where the, the, um, the platform or the ramp just coincides and he's able to drive over it. But I thought I thought that is probably one of the best car chase scenes I've seen in a while in the sense that, you know, it was well scripted to go, okay, this truck falls over this way, so it becomes a, a block for, you know, this path, so they have to go another way, and it just has this sort of domino effect. And, mm. yeah, what did you guys think? Well, I like, I think, like, all, all those elements of, of speed – and something a little like it reminded me of GTA San Andreas where like cars don't seem to drive normal. <laughs> like everything's like always like the back of every car is like swerving out of the way. Like the water, the, like, the ground is slicked. But um, what I loved was the lighting. Pretty much almost all the lighting in the scene was done minimally by streetlights and mostly by fire, mm. <laughs> fire from the car. And later on the explosion where it's like all the lighting in the scene is just Every, every moment a face or, like, Batman's cowl is, like, lit up. It's that. And um, just that, like, I felt like this, the, squir- the, the scream of the engine at the very beginning. Mm. Um, like, in, in film speak, there's non-diegetic and diegetic sound. Yeah, right? So diegetic yeah. is what people can hear. Like, mm. the, 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 the characters can hear. And non-diegetic would be music that's playing unless it's, mm. like, Kurt Cobain and like he's got mm. his AirPods in or something like, um, but that that moment as well like that un, un like unearthly squeal sounds like the tension of music in a horror film, mm. and then you find out it's the car, and that's like that's sick, like that's so clever. Mm, <laughs> so that tension clear, yeah. that we're feeling because we think it's music, 
Mm. actually know every one of those characters are feeling it because they're like, what the heck yeah. is this sound? Like, that's, yeah. oh, so Because cool. it's great piece of editing to go back and forth between the characters that are reacting to the car. Mm. And especially yeah. when we see uh, Penguin react to that car too, he kind of looks at it. He has a little bit of a fear in his eyes. Mm. And he's like, what is this? What is this? I need to do something about this. Mm. Um, mm. I also want to quickly point out, sorry to like interrupt you, Nate, but I just want to quickly point no, out that um, the score is amazing in this i think this is the best point of the film where the score performs at its best i think the Mm. score is really great throughout the whole film but it's really earned in this moment because there's a build-up that happens that all all the way up into the point where the car is upside down this is build up Mm. and i think the first piece of the score that you see in this scene is when the penguin comes out and he starts shooting there's this loud like ding and i'm like oh my god the score is insane and it's like perfect because we need to get some like villainy behind uh penguin because we don't really get that throughout the movie we don't really get this kind of villainy Mm. threatening aspect but the fact that he comes out and and he's 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 torn and he's you know he's just like completely angry at the fact that the batman's trying to take him down now and take his position which is the money through Mm. the drug ring um and the camera tracks up really close to the penguin and then that score kicks in and he's like he's um reloading his weapon i'm like wow this is oh i love it mm-hmm. let's go yeah sorry that no, you go <laughs> oh no they all good I, man, like absolutely and that that is just part of the energy of this this um this whole scene the other part is obviously like the filming from like that back right or back left angle of both cars as they're moving through the space Mm. so you're just seeing like the engine and the front wheel and everything's just like oh man awesome awesome Mm. so like just yeah and and again every 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 moment of this film just makes you feel like why why aren't more films like this like Mm. right if this is what is being seen and shown why would people create mediocrity still? Like, <laughs> but maybe it's because they can't. Maybe because they can't. Not everyone can film. Well, like they can't pull it films. off. You know. I mean, I guess yeah. like it's uh, it's. I don't think anybody intentionally wants to make mediocre films. I think it's just the, no, no. The, the consequence <laughs> of them just not being as good. Yeah. Well, you have to work harder. You need more money, or you just yeah, like the creative energy that's involved in making sure those kind of scenes land. And to think True. of like the cost of filming a scene like this as well. Oh and it just God. didn't feel like any CGI was happening in it at all. No, it was just no. all just present. So, yeah. Mm. There was one scene in the car where it looked like it was CG. I'm like, okay, that is CG. But then it made me think, <laughs> was this actually, were they getting stunt drivers to veer off in a certain pathway? Like, I, I would see that as a somewhat choreography. Unless um, we mm, might know a little bit yeah. more about this. Yeah. But there was definitely one scene, I think, I think there was a shot where it was behind one of the rear wheels. And you can see like a car coming towards in in the like in the bouquet or like the depth of field. But I'm like, oh mm. no, that looks too fake to for it to be real. But you know, what do I know? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I can tell you for sure that all those cars are CG. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All those cars are CG. The only cars that were, that were the driving was like flew through fire. That wasn't that wasn't real. <laughs> no, that, that was real, man. That was real. That's like like some Mad Max shit. No. <laughs> that was wild. That was wild. Eh? No, but like um, that whole the whole highway and stuff, all those cars or those trucks you see, they're all CG. Oh, yeah. The wow. only cars yeah, wow. that were going up and down were, uh, was the Batmobile and, um, Penguin's car. Penguin's okay. car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but this is the, this is the clever work of CG artists. So like the good CG is CG that you can't see. That's great. Yeah. CG. Yeah. Um, there's actually a really good video on YouTube 
Um, you should look it up. It's called uh, CG Sucks, but it doesn't. I think I think that's the title <laughs> of it. And 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 it's like thirty minutes or maybe twenty minutes of the guy explaining why CG is good and why CG is bad. And it's mm. such an awesome video. Um, these guys don't have a huge following behind their channel, but this one video went viral and there's like millions of views on it. You should. Um, uh... Put this put this in the show notes for the for the listeners as well. I will. I'll put it yeah. put in the show notes. And and coming back to that point of the cars being CG in the in the video, he talks about how um, when CG is done well, you don't notice it. And he yeah. brings up a scene in I, it's one of the Bond movies. I think it might be Casino or something where it's it's a car chase scene. You're like, oh, cool, there's heaps of cars. But then he's like, but guess what? All these cars are CG. And then he shows. He shows that the cars are CG and he removes all of them. And I'm like, oh my God, they're all CG cars. (laughs) It's unbelievable to watch. Uh, And I'm like, wow. And he's like, yeah, that's the point. It's like good CG is when you can't see it. There's also like some scenes that he brings up of helicopters. I don't know if you uh, see, I think it's like Black Hawk Down or something where Mm -hmm. it looks like it's, it's like a, uh, collection of helicopters but it's actually only one <laughs> and the oh. rest of them are cg helicopters <laughs> it's stuff like that that you just don't notice there's like there's so many films especially action films and comic book movies and like this there'll be mm. so many visual effects shots you just don't even know for example like it just kind of slips into the back it just slips in like for example yeah. smoke and smog like all that stuff is not real it's all like it's all cg it's all visual effects stuff mm. um Sick. but yeah yeah great great scene like that Batmobile going through the fire. Awesome, awesome, like, visual exposition there. And I just love the choice of having the camera upside down. Seeing, we're seeing that, uh, again, with uh, Nate's favorite part about the Batman doing the slow walk, you know, mm. from the car, from upside, the, down. upside down. Oh, what that a great was, shot, man. What a great shot. That must be CG. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's CG. I mean, like the flames are CG, yes, but like I think the upside down camera, you know, that's that'll be a choice between Greg Fraser and uh, Matt Reeves himself, showing like the menacing and also like the dominant, like the dominant um, character that uh, Batman is. It's, it's really showing, telling us a lot in that shot of just him walking up to the penguin and doing this like slow look at the penguin to pretty much say the penguin, dude, I'm way better mm-hmm. than you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah great great scene oh, good flex <laughs> um let's get into sort of the, the last parts of this film selena um reveals to the batman that falcone is his neglect or her neglected father mm. um mm. and she also learns that annika was strangled because mitchell told her that falcone was the informant um and so you know a couple of reveals here falcone is the father falcone is also the al ratatata the rat with wings a rat with wings yeah it's also a falcon um a rat with wings is also a falcon falcons are beautiful though i thought i was like oh bat is like a giant ugly mouse with wings yeah (laughs) true but then but we know that batman is definitely not the rat or maybe no i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that would have been disappointing if if the batman was a rat because yeah That would be a weird, weird story. But um, yeah, that's that's a couple of reveals that happen here, and I'm actually also surprised that the uh, what's the the PD, um, the police officer, the guy that's like that oh, gets is abducted. It, um, oh, he gets abducted. He gets abducted. Yeah, by he's like Kyle. one of the ca- oh, one Kinsey? of the captains. Kinsey. Kinsey. Yeah, Kinsey. Yeah. I'm surprised that he was just he just like 
didn't he didn't really hesitate like he kind of did but he didn't really hesitate when he said yeah falcone's the rat <laughs> like i was like oh okay that was a little it. too easy like why was everybody so fearful but yet this guy was just like yeah sweet falcone's the rat he's the guy that we actually work for he's actually the mayor of the city um mm. Mm. Um, I thought that was like a little lazy in the writing. I was like, oh, I guess you guys kind of ran out of ideas at this point, maybe, and just kind of said, okay, let's just get this guy who's kind of a disposable character, I suppose, but then he just rats him says out. Mm. <laughs> he just says it real easy. Whereas this whole time, we're given this uh, impression that this guy is the biggest threat possible. There's no way, um, you know, that anybody's going to survive out of this. But then. Mm. This guy just goes, this guy just goes, oh, yeah, it's fuck Cody. <laughs> it just, they're, they're definitely, and maybe this is part of the act three element, but there is elements of an energy of being really smart in this film and then suddenly feeling a little let down. Mm. Um, mm. Some of that's in the, in like, in the over the top or over, like every clue that gets explained, every riddle that gets explained is quite like, once the answer's told, it's quite obvious. Like, mm-hmm. there isn't a sense of, oh, like, only, like, a genius could get this. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll get to the, you know, the last the last big reveal at the end. But, like, I mm. felt that that was something that I felt a bit frustrated by in the story was I just doesn't feel like everyone's that clever. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, everyone seems a little bit kind of dumb. But it, it also, like, to your point of Batman being the smartest guy, I just don't think any of the any of the riddles were like hard enough for him. He figured mm. them out pretty quick, but obviously it took him a little bit of time to figure out who the rat is because that requires investigation work as opposed to the riddle itself. So, mm. um, well, his Spanish wasn't up to date. <laughs> his Spanish wasn't up to date. Yeah, yeah. But it was also deliberate on Riddler's part. But, mm. um, and to, to have Batman, be the smartest guy i just wish that the riddles were just super super hard because then it forces him to be more of a csi detective yeah Mm. and being a detective for each riddle whereas Mm. like each of them he like just solves like that and i liked alfred trying to solve riddles with him that was cool i thought that that was was a nice little partnership element like would have been cool um, to have more of that as well yeah more more alfred would have been great but yeah more alfred yeah the um, what did you guys feel about like Falcone being killed? Um, I At, or, mm, and and sorry, pre that him and Selena's conflict. Uh, I actually think Falcone, even though John Turturro does a great job at playing Falcone and like, I believe that he's like this hardcore mafia guy because John Turturro is just a great actor. Mm. I just don't think he was given enough in this movie, and 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 mm. I think what is really difficult about writing and directing these types of films is that when you have a three hour runtime, there is always this kind of sense of urgency to fill the three hour runtime, mm. but also sacrifice certain characters that you're going to throw into this, into the mix. So, mm. you know, when you think about the amount of characters in this, it's a lot and I don't think three hours is enough, but yet mm. you have to be determined to keep the focal point on the parts that you think is the most important. And, when you have someone like Falcone, he plays a pretty big role in this, but he just gets uh, disposed pretty easy. <laughs> um, and that big role is like he's he's the reason why the city is corrupt, right? Mm. And in my mind, that's like a central focus of the story. And if that's going to be the central focus, 
you killing someone like Falcone just kind of pulls the rug underneath this powerful story and kind of like mm. goes, oh, well, okay, I guess it wasn't that threatening. If you, if you could take out Falcone that quick, I don't see the point in trying to make it as if he is the hardest threat to overcome. Does that kind of make sense? Well, I mean, he's, just, <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's a mob, you know, he's a mob leader, you know, like it's more like he just organizes crime, but he's not like, he's not a psychopathic killer. You know, he's not like the Ridley, he's not like the Joker. Um, mm. So... These, but he, he's yeah. he's willing to kill though, right? He's willing to murder people, yeah, uh, for his own uh, reasons, for his own but, gain and power. But mm. there's, it's it's all about greed, and they talk about that with the you know the renewal fund, right? Where they yeah. all go, yeah. you know, there was money for grabs, and everyone wanted their piece, so that's why they all wanted to shut each other up. Yeah, uh, but uh, just to, to talk about that that kind of piece before he gets shot, like, do, can we talk about the scene where Batman comes in and it reminds you of Bale's <laughs> Equilibrium? Cause that oh that the gun that, scene yeah the gun scene, I was yeah. like as I was saying oh man I just talked about Falco and his death and I was like oh but we didn't talk about that scene, scene yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's just do it. Yeah, dude yeah, yeah so no, what okay. was your what was oh no go Jace Jace no, I was, was just saying, like the first thing I thought was like oh this reminds me of Bale's equilibrium and I'm like is this a nod to Bale as part of being I know it's not it's not Bale's Batman but at least is it Bale's equilibrium and just seeing that scene all over again with just the, the lights going out and just being lit up by the gunfire was just nice little touch and i think uh you know we don't see a lot of action batman sequences in this movie um you do get the few fist fights but this was like you know probably like what there's a lot more detective work and 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 then action in this and and i do like that but it's good to have that balance and i think that like i was saying before Mm. that this is really balanced really well in that aspect it's not too much but it's not too little and um you know uh, for me i think this is still trying to get people to believe that Patterson is a formidable Batman or a prominent Batman in all the iterations of Batman. Um, for me, I, I personally, like I said before, he's above uh, Batfleck for me. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Nate? Dude, oh, uh, show of strength. The I like there, there was a little bit of like one thing that always takes me out of films is gunfire uh, and it's impact or lack of impact. And for the amount of gunfire that happened in this film and the very low body count, like that, that kind of throws you off a little bit, but in Mm. that scene, like that use of lighting so clever, it reminded me of, uh, funnily enough, Rogue One and uh, Darth Vader's scene at the end of that Mm. uh, with the lighting of his, of his lightsaber, which that might, you know, strange connection, you know, Rogue One and this, (laughs) but also (laughs) it, um, there's, um, one of my favorite uh, animated shows is Samurai Jack, and in mm. Samurai Jack, there's a um, there's there's two particular episodes. One of them, uh, which is from the original run, where uh, Samurai Jack is fighting a ninja who uses darkness, and Samurai Jack uses the light. And there's this beautifully animated scene where they're fighting in an abandoned building, and the sun is going down. And the whole film, the whole scene is just done in black and white. And whenever Jack is in the darkness, he's dressed all in white. So you can just see his shape. But the, the, the other ninja, whenever they're in the darkness, they disappear and then vice versa. And mm. as the sun sets, there's less and less light for Jack to fight in and be obscured. Mm. And later on in the show, they do a, they did a, um, a kind of a sequel, kind of a finality wrap up season. Um, season five and there's another scene where he's fighting in darkness and he's fighting against an opponent and they both have 
weapons and every time the weapons clash there's a spark of light so you're just seeing what what's happening from each of them every time the sparks of light from their their weapons is hit and reminded me of that too mm. visceral brilliant like i love the there's a, a sense of the things you don't see that you know batman's doing mm. it's just very very good action mm. and that that kind of action where it's it's not it is the choreography but it's not just the choreography it's a team effort it's mm. cinematography it is sound it is it's everything. It's so good, man. <laughs> yeah. It actually, um, it, it's the kind of filmmaking that I always like to say is it's a good piece of filmmaking when you leave it up to the audience to imagine what's happening in the moments that you don't see on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you trust your audience to be able to piece those parts together where you don't see what's going on, but you hear it. And then the parts that you do see what's going on, you're kind of, linking it yourself with your own imagination. And I think that's great piece of filmmaking. And that's what I see in this scene where he's just fighting in the hallway. And it's, yeah, it is. You're right. uh, JC, when you're saying it's uh, reminiscent of the equilibrium scene. Um, Have you seen that movie? uh, Equilibrium? No, no, I haven't. I haven't. So I'm very keen to. Yeah. It's, that's actually (laughs) the first movie I saw Christopher, uh, Christian Bale in. That's the first time I ever saw him. Um, Mm. So it's a, it's actually, it's, it's not a very good movie in my opinion mm. <laughs> it's not it's not very good but there are some amazing sequences like that it's called gun carter is it good gun, gun uh, i just literally looked it up before yeah uh, i think in the movie they call it gun carter which is like gun martial arts <laughs> and um oh, like and one so <laughs> yeah kind of except it's not as stupid as wanted i think but but this <laughs> is like there's there's like an oh, organization. Sick. This movie looks awesome. Yeah, there's an organization that brings these kind of assassin type people together, and they're all dressed up in like Matrix type suits and whatever. Mm, yeah. And um, the first the opening scene is of Christian Bale running down the hallway, and he kicks down this door, mm. and it's and it's dark, and you hear people whispering, and then it's he does the gun Carter stuff, and it's all you see is just the flashes from the gun, and it's freaking amazing to watch, dude. <laughs> Oh, like uh, this movie literally does look like wanted cross matrix <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's definitely better than wanted but it's not <laughs> a great movie but it's um bad like the, those gun carter scenes are awesome really awesome yeah, sick. um okay so so we get those reveals and then we get to kind of the crescendo of the film which is that um uh, the Riddler has been taken into custody now. He's um, he kind of just gives not not gives up, but he he kind of surrenders mm. to his fate, uh, which is getting arrested and then getting put into a uh, psych ward, which is the Arkham Asylum, mm-hmm. um, um, because all he really wanted to do was to actually take down the Rat, which is Falcone, because he 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 didn't really wait. This is the question: Did he know that it was Falcone, or he didn't know it was Falcone? He was just waiting to find out the last piece of the puzzle. No, I, I, I think he knew, but he wanted Batman to bring him out so that he could take the shot. Yeah, and so this is where, it, see, I, I kind of knew that the first time I saw it because then I'm kind of taken out a little bit. I'm like, okay, so this whole time you giving riddles to Batman was to really take Batman through a bunch of complicated, unnecessary things when you knew that it was Falcone. Mm. Why didn't you just say it was Falcone? Mm. <laughs> like, so, so logically speaking... Like, why didn't you just tell him it was Falcone? I get it. He's the Riddler, and he's supposed to take, he's supposed to exercise his like uh, psych- psychosis with someone like Batman to prove that we can work together. Mm. Was that his whole focus? Because then, if it was, 
it wasn't really made clear until you get the reveal in the interrogation scene. Mm. Uh, so, like, for me, it doesn't quite sit very well. I feel like it falls apart a little bit. I mean, the fact that the Riddler already knew <laughs> that it was Falcone, but you just you took the audience on this long joyride of him giving him these ridiculous riddles that weren't really that hard for him. Um, I think he it, wanted it to just, get the Batman's yeah. attention. Sorry. I was, yeah, I think he wanted to get the Batman's attention. That's why he took out the mayor and he took out the DA because he's trying to go, there's something at play here that Batman, every, he wants everyone else to be aware of. It's not just Falcone. Like there's everyone, all these good standing citizens are in on it and sure. they're tied to Penguin because they're at this club, which good standing yeah, citizens sure. shouldn't be at. So yeah. I guess he wanted, yeah, I guess like a part of his reasons for doing this was because he wanted the whole city to know about it. How bad the city is, like how corrupt how Gotham is. is. Yeah. And, and mm. Gotham's always been portrayed as like this corrupt city. Like all the cops, half of the cops are usually like corrupt and stuff like that. So, and you see that mm. when um, they bring out, Gordon brings out, he goes, We're, we all don't work for you, Falcone. And uh, they're all standing outside. So, right. Um, yeah, I guess that's I a guess good way of putting it. Yeah. With, with that too, though, like it, it does then, like I think the whole story for Riddler is one of like Bruce Wayne, or like Batman being in the jury. Like he's sitting in the jury, mm. seeing the evidence being placed before him yeah. before judgment is done by Riddler as the judge. Like I feel like that that helps. Like yeah, and and like Batman becomes the interrogator at one point against the DA, and mm. um, later with the Bruce Wayne stuff, yeah, he ends up going and investigating himself by chatting with Falcone and chatting with Alfred about what actually happened with his family because he wants to be proved. He wants to know the truth. And, um, and, you know, he goes after Penguin because he wants to know the truth. So I, I wonder um, with Riddler's, like, Riddler's intentions, whether, um, yeah, because I think in the comics he's always been about um, wanting to push Batman with intelligence, but, like, and Batman's, like, cleverness. I like that in this it is that element of he wants to prove to Batman what injustice is being done. Mm. Yeah. But it, it is like by the time you get to his apartment and um, it, you, and 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 he and he just gives himself up um, at the diner. Mm. There is um, there, it is a weird little. It's a bit like Loki getting caught in Avengers. Like okay, mm. now you're here, and now rather than riddles, you're just gonna exp- exposition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like that. That that's um, that's a bit. Mm. Yeah, still. So good. Yeah. So I actually just thought the this is where the pace gets a little wonky for me when mm. he's in the apartment and he's still trying to piece together why is this guy the way he is because you know they've already caught him mm. and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's just so slow, and mm. everything that they do in the scene doesn't actually amount to anything other than the fact that okay. Um, it's gonna go to a. It's gonna go down to a phone call, which is Riddler requesting to see the Batman face yeah. to face. I was like, they could have actually chucked, like, thrown up that whole scene in the apartment because it actually just didn't amount to anything other than him yeah. going back to the apartment, right? Um, yeah. Because even even him getting the uh, the letter that he finds in the back cage, like. It, it it doesn't really matter anymore at this point because you've caught him and now mm. you, he just needs to talk to him in Arkham Asylum. I was like, that whole scene could have actually just been cut out. <laughs> and, yeah, um, it could have all happened fo- right at the beginning. It could have hurt, like yeah, Like when exactly. he first goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah Even it, didn't, find- it didn't actually need to be there. 
it actually would have been a much better moment if once Falcone gets shot and Batman gets up to the apartment, he finds the murder weapon, he digs mm-hmm. up the carpet then, mm-hmm. he goes and talks to him. Or maybe he doesn't even go and talk to him till after all this is over. Like mm. it, yep. I think that would have given a better energy. It would have shown Batman to be a good detective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he found yeah. the if he found the murder weapon and the carpet thing, because I feel like it was like by the time he finds the carpet thing and and is it the the, the cop tells him that it's a uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was. Yeah. It, this is where I, th- I think the script gets a little yeah. bit lazy because now you're just you're just gonna tell the audience what's gonna happen. Now. Oh, now all <laughs> like, these bombs are gonna go off. It's like it would have been nice if there was a riddle under the carpet, not yeah. just a map of Gotham and where all the bombs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I know right. the riddle is still trying to take place here, but it's just so easy for him, and it's just he's he's taking his time to go step by step. To try and give this idea that he's being methodical about it, but it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of lazy, especially when the, <laughs> especially when it's the cop that actually tells him that it's a carpet thing. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. my uncle was I'm like, oh well, that's pretty convenient. That's convenient. <laughs> it's like this is not oh, the one person right in the here. city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's one guy. He has something to do in the scene. I'm like, oh, okay, that's, right. that's kind of lame. Batman but... had Google Lens on in his eye. He could have just looked at it and Google Lens it. <laughs> Yeah. True, Google um, Lens. Yeah, so anyway, a little bit kind of slow there, but yeah. I read an interview that Dano did that that scene, that interrogation scene 200 times because he wanted to get it right. It's probably because he was thinking about the, the Dark Knight interrogation scene. Mm. You know, <laughs> I, I mean? wouldn't like, blame him, yeah. Like that'll be so hard to try and live up to. But it should never be your drive, though. Your drive shouldn't be to try and be a better scene. Your drive should yeah. just be to tell a good story. That's all. Don't worry mm. about trying to compare yourself to previous mm. ones. Yeah. Sounds like Jared Leto versus Joaquin's uh, Jokers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's kind of wrap up this final part here, which is um, you gone through the apartment to discover everything. We get this. Uh, we get the the fact that the bigger picture is about blowing up. Well, not blowing up Gotham, but putting Gotham in a state where they have to reset. It's kind of like the reset button for Gotham by flooding the city, getting everybody to panic, and not to rely on these like corrupt officials anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole uh, uh, action set piece with um, the Batman and all the the um, the what do you call it? <laughs> Riddlers. The Riddlers, the you know, just the impersonators, impersonators. That's what I'm trying to think of. His the followers, imper- the followers, yeah, the 500 idea. followers. But which is, it's not 500, but it's just like I don't know, 20 of them or whatever. They rock up. Red shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get that final showdown with them. Great action, action piece as well. I love the fact that uh, Batman flies down. You know, this is like the most Batman that we see. He mm. flies down like through the roof, and there's this kind of another Michael Giacchino. Um, score but up it's like it's actually kind of reminded me of batman returns or something you know batman uh tim burton ones where he flies down through the roof and drops through seemed a bit dangerous i was like dude like that's a lot of glass guys. <laughs> yeah, i, I didn't think that too yeah i didn't i didn't get why he had to blow up around the glass i don't know i did it just looked yeah. cooler <laughs> i was like wow cool. this is a cool entrance <laughs> but why did he have to blow up around the glass anyway whatever <laughs> Great, great Batman um, pirouette te- techniques, though, with like just the rope swinging and like yeah. taking out the guys. That was great cool. Stuff. That was yeah. a, really well done. And like just using the catwalks and yeah, um, just that movement of needing to stay above 
the action. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it's really, really cool choreography, and st- and it's still really rugged as well. Like he's still mm-hmm. getting thrown around, he's still getting shot, he's still getting punched, and um, really cool pieces of cinematography too. You know, this is mm-hmm. kind of another um, is another compliment to Greg Fraser because he changes the tone for this as well. You know, we go from like very sepia beige kind of tones into this last part which is quite cold um some blue tones going on and it's a little bit dark and i especially love when um there's like this shot where they're all they're done with the fighting gordon's on the the railing as well and the camera moves back real quick when um just before the water is about to completely flood that whole location is that um, when the water is like orange and blue at the same time? He uses that color a bit. He uses it with the car. Yeah, and I think there's so. A, there's, a, there's a moment I remembered when like Batman's on his back and the grill's behind him and directly behind that, it's blue rushing water and orange rushing water right, just yeah, from the lighting. Yeah. And yeah. it was sick. It was it's sick Stuff like that. Remember. And that's yeah. just like incredible work from from greg fraser man this, this guy needs to get an oscar award already man i can't believe he hasn't got one already mm. oscar oscar fights probably will probably get it for dune to be See? honest because you know the you know the man, oscar academy doesn't cold. look at comic book films <laughs> <laughs> this isn't uh, a comic book film <laughs> exactly um so yeah do you guys feel it was a bit of a little bit of a serious um like superhero-y third act vibe though in a negative way uh, I, I I wasn't blown away by by it, you know. Um, I wasn't I wasn't like over the moon by the finale. Uh, mm. Like the finale was probably what it needed to be, given the story is quite um, like the the story. Uh, I was going to say shallow. I don't think the story is shallow, but the story is a very easy uh, story. It's mm. it's not a very complicated story. The only thing that is is complex to it is that there's layers to the characters which allow for the story to to be interesting i think Mm. but um so i think the ending is kind of fitting for it but it's it's nothing the ending isn't like shining with like optimism or uh i don't i don't feel like there's a sense Mm. of hope um which i always expect for a batman character regardless of where he is in his career Mm. if he's year two i want to feel like there's a sense of hope and optimism mm. by the end of it. And I don't really, I didn't really feel that even though he took down all the impersonating Riddlers and, and like, you know, the, the city's like in shambles right now. Mm. I, mm. I think the whole monologue at the end was just, yeah, it was okay. I wasn't inspired by his monologue, but it was like, okay, fine. That's where you, that's where you're going to take the story. Okay, cool. Sweet. <laughs> what about you, JC? Like for an ending? Cause I like, you know, if you think of other, especially you just go to the bail batman final final scenes like the fairy scene in joker you don't need the villain to be in it <laughs> but mm. yeah. yeah um you're right it, it was quite like a noir dark film and then you have to question like how much contrast are they going to put to the ending is it going to be like this super happy ending it would it wouldn't fit in place um it does it does allude to like setting up a sequel. Like they don't, it doesn't seem like they're treating this as a one-off and I'm sure they're going to say, Hey, here's money. Go make a sequel. Um, 
I think there needed to to be a level of heroism in the final act, just to show like this is the Batman as his character, and he alludes to that in the ending, to saying about how I think this was the turning point for him, where the the Riddler impersonation says I am vengeance, and he realized I can't be vengeance because this is what other people are utilizing for uh, for their own agenda. Mm. So whether he changes it to become I am justice in the future or, you know, to be a symbol of hope for the people in the city. Cause he talks about that with Selena just saying like, I need to do more for the city. And she's like, no, you're going to stay here and get killed. He's like, I have to try. And, you know, him being vengeance, I think, you know, being an early year two Batman, he needs to think about that and about what his, his choices define him as and how it affects the city and the people in the city. So, whether he says, I think he says, "I am the shadow" as well at some point, or is he say, he does say "I'm the shadow"? Yeah, at, he says he says that in the beginning. Yeah, he, says, he doesn't say "I am Batman" at any point in the movie. Does no, he? he doesn't. Doesn't. So probably the first time. Actually, he doesn't really say much. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I think he goes. The fear is like the shadow, and he goes, "I am the shadow" kind of thing. So yeah, yeah um, I think that that's the. I don't want to call it the hero's journey. But from him becoming this, I'm a symbol of the night. I'm the symbol of fear for these bad guys. I am vengeance. Whereas now these bad guys are using that same term, say I am vengeance for you know mm. retaliating against the good or whatever it is against the corrupt. He needs to now think about what he's going to become in the future. So mm. if they are going to do a second film, I'm not sure if it's going to be, you know, as dark. Maybe it can be, but I think what Batman needs to stand for now has to be something different. Because this is as his realization or uh, self awareness has come about. It's like, okay, well, I can't be vengeance anymore. I need to be something else. So, mm. yeah, uh, it, it it wouldn't wouldn't be your typical and you know comparing oranges to apples, but it wouldn't be like your your Marvel kind of finish where it's like this big fight and everyone's kind of like happy and together and whatnot. Um, that's probably a bad example because not all Marvel movies end that way. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh, it, it was yeah, like like I think River was saying it was a hard. I think the finale wasn't bad, but I think it was hard to. How do you fit that such a dark movie to have like a, a decent ending? So, mm. yeah, um, River. No, I was going to throw it to Nate. You go, Nate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking. I I liked his moments of saving people. I always liked that, but it like it was a bit of an awkward like slow motion lights to flare. Everyone looks mm. like they're struggling under the weight of the of the like the, <laughs> the support beams, and then mm. he like holds out his hand after he moves one thing, and they all just slowly like walk out. It was very that was a bit over the. Like, I was a bit like, oh. but it nose. was good. Like it's good. Yeah, it's super on the nose. Uh, like you know, he's no longer the darkness; he's the light. Um, mm. And I think every, like everyone as they followed behind him turned into the shape of a bat. I was like, okay, but Ooh, <laughs> I, I did. Pick up on yeah. That. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's the lighting, like, the lighting when it's like a bird's eye view on the camera. Uh, yeah, yeah, from above. But um, I did like, I did get like, and it was that sense of, of uh, a transition, like what's, what's, what's changed about Batman coming out of this story? How is he going to move forward? And, and I think like it was cool with like the mayor's son, like there was that sense of like this kid can be me, this kid 
has a potential to become Batman in a bad way. Like in like, I don't want what happened to me to happen to him. Mm. Um, and yeah. And yet I like, I think like, yeah, f- funnily enough, like trying to think of the ending a few days on, I can't really remember much of the ending in, in like, in that sense, like it, mm. um, and maybe that, that is also part of not having the Riddler in the final scenes of the film, like that mm-hmm. the culmination of his plans happened without him. Um, like I, 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 um, like, yeah. Cause like in many ways, his like ultimate goal then was that he would at the end of the story be in prison. So, mm. um, yeah, that, that's kind of, yeah, strange, strange, but, um, no, like Pattinson's like portrayal of Batman, mm-hmm. Like it, it gets it gets you excited. I like I like it gets you excited for moving forward in this Gotham with this mm. Batman. Where mm. it's gonna go? What is gonna do? Like if we do take a Marvel note, like I'd, I'd be excited to see development in the same way that you see like Tony Stark develop his tech. I'd love to mm. see this Batman develop his own tech and skills and what you know the way that he's gonna go about being Batman moving forward, and that the films will reflect that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh the ending is a little kind of clunky and mm. awkward. It's definitely not the most memorable part of the film. Mm. Um memorable part of the film kind of happens in the midpoint. Um because all those sequences are very tight whereas the ending is not a very tight ending. It mm. shouldn't be yeah. it should be tighter than what it is and I think this is where the runtime kind of overstays Tracks. its welcome, you know. Mm. It's it's going on too long. This whole the very final scene is him and Selena Kyle mm. and it's, it's way too long. It's like unnecessarily too long. <laughs> They're sitting together and mm. to kind of finish it off. I don't understand what Matt Reeves is trying to do here. I guess he's trying to establish that this is a future relationship. They're going to explore mm. in the sequel or whatever. Uh, I, I don't know, but it just seems like weird because the whole mm. movie has been this thriller crime investigation. And now, it's trying to turn into like a romantic film. I, I mm. don't understand. I don't, I don't really get where he's trying to go with that. Um, I think yeah. the chemistry they have is cool, but do they need to spend that much time with it given that we didn't really get a lot of that throughout the movie? I just, I, I think the time could have been better spent on developing the relationship between him and uh, Alfred. That's the biggest mm. disappointment that I have in this movie is that we don't, get much Alfred and Bruce. That mm. would have been awesome. Um, but yeah, too long. I think they could have shaved it down for sure and be a little bit more tighter with that. Um, yeah, we should uh, we should give our rating. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover in this movie? We've covered quite a lot, I think, and there's probably mm. more that we could probably cover, but, you know, with uh, we're restricted with a little bit of time here. So... Um, <laughs> There's nothing else that you guys want to talk about this movie. Who wants to I get liked, there? I was going to say, I like Cal- Colin Farrell's waddling. <laughs> when he gets tied up. Yeah, when he gets tied up good. and he waddles. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, look, it's the penguin. <laughs> um, yeah, ratings. Jace? Ratings. Jace. I'm curious. Uh, I want to go. You know, that. like, I, I admittedly, when I first came out of the movie, I was like, okay, that was really, like, you know, I was on a high and, you know, like, we were saying sleep on it. Uh, I'm going to say a straight nine. 
like it does it's not perfect uh and like you know after even reviewing some of the things that you guys have said and pointing things out there's definitely some tight shots and then it does overstay its welcome i did feel the finale was good for what it was but it wasn't amazing um not something like where it was uh, I, I, we, you know, <laughs> after we got out of the cinema i was saying to river like i'm trying to work out is this better than the dark knight rise uh the dark knight or not um and after thinking about that more i'm like it's not better than the dark knight but it's still quite a good standalone batman film especially with the direction that they took so for me flat nine hmm Hmm. No, you wanted to go last, did you? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to hear Rivers' thoughts because Rivers like okay. alluded a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. So my my summary for this movie is I I love the new take. Like I said at the beginning, I love the new take. It's fresh. Um, Batman being an investigator is great. Rob Patterson, I think he just does a okay job. I don't think the mm. performance is like mind blowing. I don't think it tells me that he's one of the greatest Batman. Um, uh, one of the greatest actors to portray a Batman, even though it's quite different to the other ones. He doesn't do much. He doesn't have to do much as the Batman. He's He stands still a lot. He doesn't really talk a lot. <laughs> mm. um, when he's Bruce Wayne, he also doesn't really express a, uh, a range. He's, he's just this very stoic kind of emo, um, which I'm okay with. I, I can see if people are like, oh, this guy just looks like freaking Edward from Twilight. <laughs> um i can i can i can totally like be on board with people's criticism and saying that this guy's just acting like the edward from twilight i can see that absolutely there's there's no gripes with that but um i think he just does fine i think he does enough for what the role is supposed to be um the cinematography is the best cinematography we've ever seen in the batman movie like Mm. yeah i just i'm blown away by that the music Mm. is good the the story is yeah the story's fine um is this the best matt reeves movie i don't actually think it's the best rap matt reeves movie and this is something that i'm actually wow. surprised on i i thought matt reeves done a outstanding job with this movie but i actually just think he does a better job with the apes movies in mm. terms of direction and storytelling yeah cool. yeah you so you guys should really watch it like especially yeah, the yeah, second I this yeah yeah, the second Apes movie, the way he tells a story, even the ending is great in the second oh. Apes movie. Awesome. Great mm. ending. Um, so coming back to the Batman, I'd give this a 8 out of 10. Mm. Okay. Mm. It's, oh. it's, not, it's not a... I don't feel like it's a very strong 8 out of 10, though. <laughs> I think it's yeah, like a, you, you're not selling it very well. No, no. I'm, yeah. I, it's, he just made it over the line. With the, with the eight, like it was a seven for me, but I have to just think about Paul Dano's like great performance as yeah. the Riddler. I think yeah. he does a great job with that. His performance alone, I think, kind of gets it over the line. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of the points also come down to the cinematography. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I feel like you're 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 more inclined to give it a ten out of ten for Fraser's work, but not for the movie itself. Pretty much, yeah. Fraser's work yeah. is just that's <sighs> that's why I feel it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Nate, your turn. All right. I reckon then, like, yeah, man, I, I, maybe I shouldn't go for I, I should. I should be uh, more critical and less swayed by public opinion. But I would probably still sit at a nine to nine and a half. And I, re- I just really enjoyed this. And I think for me, I loved its, like, connectivity both to detective-style Batman and to the comics. 
uh, particularly like Year One, Long Halloween, uh, Dark Knight Returns, which I got here. Like that energy for me is something I really love in my Batman. I think that's like that gets me really really hyped. Like the things I I I, I don't really care too much for having too much Bruce Wayne and like. I really, I really enjoyed Robert Pattinson. Like in this, I think he, his performance was something that I enjoyed. I don't know if he disappeared into the role so much as like I just think there was like youth and energy, and maybe that's what I enjoyed a lot. Was it's nice to have what feels like a young Batman. Like I mm. think that that just that's so much room to grow. That I, I feel like Christian Bale, even in Batman Begins, just felt old. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's even that point when he comes back. No, when he's in Gotham before he 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 heads off and um, gives the gives the hobo his coat and um, that he doesn't look like he's like just out of like Princeton or whatever. <laughs> he mm. looks like he's like late twenties, early thirties. Like, <laughs> and mm. whereas like Rob Pattinson just has this energy of youth and struggle and at this point in his story is not full of hope he's actually full of of frustration and not fully developed what he wants to do for gotham Mm. so i'm like yeah i I just really enjoy that maybe it's like that's that's me enjoy it's it's um it's not origins Mm. it's more like what homecoming and this latest spider-man trilogy has been it's still development it's not Mm. origins but it's development and i think Mm that's that's a that's a great place to be because um i i want to see robert pattinson do a fully made batman a batman who's absolutely batman at his peak Mm. and i think that movie is going to come along if um if this if this if this um this uh part of the franchise really takes off because i think there could be a really epic film along the line and this is a really great start to that so that's why I i rate it so high and i'm for cinematography, yeah, I rate I rate it higher than Dark Knight. The elements of the Dark Knight I like more, but currently I like this movie a little bit more than that. <laughs> and maybe that's because of its comic bookiness. Yeah. True. So let's say nine point three. <laughs> oh, nice, okay. nice. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. a that's a nine from JC. JC. Yeah. Nine point three from Nate. Yeah. And, and an eight from and River. Eight. And a, and a nice soft eight. get over the line eight from me. <laughs> so, uh, it's so a, it's a distinction, just. So what's that average score? That is. That'll be like nine point one. Like eight point eight point eight point nine. Eight point eight. Yeah. You really brought it down. <laughs> Dragging the team down. There's, there's always. It'd be eight point eight ish. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I agree with everything that you guys say, and um, I, I do think that um, this is a great start. And whatever the yeah. sequel is going to be, I'd love the sequel to be about him learning more martial arts, him learning more combative skills, developing mm. his tech. You know, like I, I love seeing Batman in training. You know, the thing if we jump to say uh, Dawn of Justice, uh, Batman versus Superman, mm. watching Ben Affleck train as the Batman, that is awesome to watch. <laughs> you know, where he's like dragging the chains and stuff. You know, and he's like doing the pull ups. I want to see more of that stuff for, for Batman. Yeah. It'd be really cool to see uh, Rob Patterson just become like a bulkier guy. He doesn't have to be like a bodybuilder. He just just get a bit more muscle behind him. You know, eat some more burgers or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Pull some more tires, you know. Pull some more tires. <sighs> okay, so let me let me ask this: If there's a sequel in this same universe, mm-hmm. other than the Joker, 
Who hmm. would you want to be the antagonist? In the sequel? Ooh. Yeah. Um, so keep in mind, you've now just had, uh, you've had the crime families, you've had Penguin, you've had Riddler. Hmm. There's many more out there, but who would you want to see? I don't know, some, someone to physically take him on. Bane? Um, yeah, it could be Bane. Bane? <laughs> yeah, maybe do a different Bane, I'm not sure. But okay. I, I'd, li- I'd like him to have a bit more of a physical challenge and, like, you know, we, we always see him, like, taking on uh, intellectual villains, I suppose. We never mm. really see him take on, like, physical villains, but... I don't know. Like, okay. a new, ra- like, not Ra's al Ghul, but, like... Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky to, and I think this is similar to Spider Spider Verse, where you're like you're not going outside of Batman's rogues. I think, mm. and I, I I think that's a really nice element, like to not go outside of his rogues. But yeah. um, it, it would be fun to, like you know, keep the uh, Batman Forever uh, train running and like get like get a Femfatale, get a Poison Ivy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say get Arnie back in, but like get, get a Femfatale, get like get um. Poison Ivy, yeah, Poison Ivy. Someone, mm. something a bit out, out, out of um, like I think that's that's what's really fun about these films at the moment is new takes on uh, camp characters. You know, like <laughs> that's that's awesome. Who um, could play Poison Ivy? Who think could play Poison Ivy? I feel like <laughs> I feel like Zoe Kravitz out. could play a really good Poison Ivy. Eh? <laughs> mm. Zoe. I I I really enjoyed her portrayal of Catwoman. I yeah. thought that was uh, it was quite it was just solidly hold mm. your own. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think cool. that was I, that I was like sick. So, do you feel um, like Poison Ivy would be people would just be like, this is too SJW, like you're having because Poison Ivy is always about the forest and you know environment mm. and then <laughs> that in today's society, I'm just saying, would that be? The people's take on it because people are complaining about you know Patterson's take on Batman. So imagine Poison Ivy being out now. A bit too, yeah, true, yeah. true. I don't know. I didn't think about. I didn't think about that one. Let's when we, let's kind of takes re, a good filmmaker re, to, to to transform these characters into something mm. very good though. Yeah. But, uh, Honestly, yeah. wouldn't mind some Robin as well. To be honest, like oh, Bring yeah. and Robin oh, create man. create a dynamic duo element again yeah. like that. And and now's a really good time with like where this Batman is at in his career, where that development would not be like could just do it really well. And I just don't feel like we've seen many of those dynamics done really well. Um, yeah, yeah, we need to, my we favorite need to bring glasses to Robin, Batman, mm. Lego Batman, like that was awesome. Then, but yeah. Um, yeah, it is hard because I think Joker just really sits very. Um, so prolific, but you're right. It's not. He's tired. <laughs> yeah, he's tired of being brought to the screen again and again. Just, Let him be third or fifth in the trilogy. Yeah, just do it like a different <laughs> villain. When you, yeah. when you think about the physical villains, because I was saying to, to River or saying yesterday that you know most of Batman's rogues are all like you know they don't have special powers. They're not like you know, uh, you know, ability wise, they're all just crazy people. But if you look at mm. people like Killer Croc, uh, Solomon Grundy. Mm. Uh, what's his name? Clayface. So these could be maybe formidable and Bane, some formidable foes in terms of strength. But mm. I don't see them as being the smartest villains in the world, you know. So that might be hard to transform on screen. And I feel like in a movie like the Batman, the noir take would not fit well with that. So it's a hard thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, like he he works so well. Like this kind of a Batman works so well with the Harvey Dent, with all the mob bosses, yeah. with mm. with with Joker of a certain type. Um, it would be cool to really push into Arkham and like go nuts on some Arkham stuff. But yeah, the Mad Hatter we'll would be another good one. <laughs> the um, Mad Hatter, yeah, yeah. from uh, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> no, no, Mad Hatter is a, another uh, another villain. Yeah, um, uh, I've heard of him. Sorry. Professor Pig, yeah, or the Court of Owls. There you go. There's another one. Court of Owls. Court of Owls. Court of Owls. That could be the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So just to just to wrap this up nice and tightly, uh, I just want to um, start wrapping this up by talking about um, Matt Reeves' interview when he said that. They shot scenes with Barry Keegan as the as the Joker. Mm. Other than what we saw at the end when he's like behind the door or whatever. They, but they shot a bunch of scenes with him um, and they didn't put it in the film. So he said he's going to bring it out potentially in a director's cut or whatever, behind the scenes type thing. Um, he did say that uh, in this universe, the Batman has already come across the Joker and he put the Joker in Arkham Asylum. Um, so, uh, yeah. That's yeah, cool. interesting. Is that he's already faced the Joker, but probably just not in a more the most elaborate way that you'd normally expect in a Batman story. Um, but he does have plans to bring the Joker back out because he's the Joker's just started and, or something like that, and the Batman put him away pretty easily and put him into Arkham Asylum and just left him as it is. So. And and I think if you remember what he says to the Riddler in that cage, in the cage in Arkham Asylum, he says to him something along the lines of revisiting a friend or something like that, and he's talking about the Batman. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah, I didn't actually pay that much attention to that that dialogue, to be honest. But, um, yeah, that's what Matt Reese says about the Joker. So And he's the scars that he has on his face was due to an accident that he had when he was a kid. Mm. yeah so his yeah. face is a little bit mutilated and you can kind of see that in the movie like mm. in the shadow yeah in his like in his shadow or his uh yeah reflection. i actually thought it, it was like two-face off. you know i thought it was yeah like, i thought it was yeah. two-face for ages i was like yeah. hang in a second yeah. but no it, um it's cool i i think honestly like there is definitely an element of trust that whatever he touches coming forward and moving forward in this franchise, particularly around villains mm. that, that it won't be, there won't be any misses, but mm. they'll, it will be interesting to see what, what direction they choose to take with this. So yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, exciting. Exciting. Mm. Oh, oh wow. Well, um, thanks boys again for jumping in the podcast. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure to have you guys. Where can everybody find Nathan? Nate. <laughs> Yo, uh, you guys can find me um, <laughs> at uh, on my Instagram at npsami, uh, N-P-S-A-M-I. Uh, that's mostly where I am. You'll see lots of food photos, maybe a few running photos, and me just drinking lots of beer, probably Ooh. with River. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. What about you, Jace? You can find me at jc.me, so at J-A-S-E-Y dot M-E. And you'll see me posting just random stuff. <laughs> no, 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 no alcoholic drinks. Um, yeah. You might see some funny stuff, some dance stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's it. Nice River, work. where can they find you? 
Mm, so my personal Instagram, not that interesting, to be honest, but my personal Instagram is at river underscore V-I-L-I. But the most important thing that you should be following is Legit Cool Podcast. That is at Legit Cool Podcast on Instagram. On Facebook, you can find it under Legit Cool Movie Talk. Um, if you are on Podbean, then make sure you follow us. If you're listening from Spotify, then that's also good. But make sure you hit the notifications button. In the top right-hand corner of Spotify, I can't remember which corner it is on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, but I'm also on those platforms as well. Um, if you are a person that owns a company and wants to look for some cool little advertising, jump on, message me. I can put the link in the show notes. Um, the next movies that Legit Cool Podcast is going to review is going to be Spencer and King Richard. Is it King Richard? No, King Richard. It is King Richard, right? Is it King Richard? Yeah. yeah. No, wait. I think it's King Richard the... King Richard with Will Smith? Yeah. King Williams? Yeah. It is yeah, King yeah. Richard. I think I was thinking about King's Speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, King Richard and Spencer. So those are movies that came out quite a while ago, but uh, we will be reviewing those coming up very soon. Um, yeah. Thank you, boys, for jumping in. All right. And thank you. Thank you to the listeners, and we will see you guys in the next episode of Legit Cool Podcast. Bye-bye. Legit. See ya. See ya.